So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critic of in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BBB Radio. And today we have, you know, a good amount of stuff to talk about, right? Um, as as usual, we're going to do an album shout-out. So in my case, this is going to touch on an album that I've covered before, uh, True Fiverr. And afterwards, you know, we will finally talk about the newest series from the Vilventures universe. That would be Blackland. We've only got two episodes of that so far. Um, this is the brainchild of Ansel Harris. Uh, this is basically based from this is based basically from his uh, comic book. And uh, you know, in this case, now with these two episodes, not only well, he's actually a, a co-director because um, Keon Byron, who who we've, we've touched on last right. time. Uh, yeah. with the Bachak Man series, you know, he is also directing, you know, the show as well. So, yeah, you know I me, mean? we'll share our thoughts on that. Um, afterwards, we have uh, three shows that, you know, one of which was almost, you know, kind of overlooked for me. Like, I almost kind of kind of just forgot about it because of just all the, just the influx of so much um, new shows and movies coming out now. So, I almost forgot about, you know, not, not really reviewing No Sudden, um, no sudden Move. Um, this right. is the newest uh, Warner Brothers release. I should say, well, new in the sense that it came out like right before, um, of course, Space Jam 2, right? So, you know, right. we'll talk about that. Um, we will talk about uh, Pig. This is a movie that right. has been causing a lot of buzz, basically, you know, um, since its release. And um, I will talk about a film that um, has been getting some some buzz as well, too. That would be Zola. Um, it actually has been getting a lot of buzz from since last year. And it was supposed to come out um, last year through We Boys E24. But, you know, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you know, that, that really state got pushed back to, you know, this year. And last but not least, man, we have to talk about the show that has divided critics and fans. But since it came out yesterday, the times we call it here. That would be the Netflix animated series, Masters of the Universe, Revelation, Part 1. (laughs) I really had to make emphasis on the Part 1, because, yeah, all we just got so far was just five episodes of the full season. Um, I I really wish that we we, we got an idea of when the the second half is coming out. Um, I think, you know, for some people who've already been ripping the show to shreds, so you'll get to that in a bit, uh, you'll probably want to know when the, when the other five episodes come out so they could trash that even more, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean, we will, we will share our honest opinions on the show itself and, you know, we'll try not to lean too much on, you know, oh, well, you know, the fans are right or whatnot. We're just going to share our honest opinion, right? So... To kick things off, man, um, you know, just my latest album shout out. Um, this is a guy that uh, reached out to me through Fiverr, and I've covered this album, and I totally love it. Um, that guy in particular would be Nicholas Bullock. Shout out to Nicholas Bullock, aka Nick. Um, that will be dot n i c n i c i in common letters um, for his wonderful debut record, something about rain. Um, and by the way, this was actually my fiftieth 
written review on Fiverr, by the way. So, you know, that was a milestone for me, and I'm glad that I was able to celebrate that through this great album, right? So, uh, Nick is a Trinidadian-born New York hip-hop, uh, sorry, New York residing uh, hip-hop slash R&B artist. And on this record here, he uses these moody, hypnotic lead-back instrumentals to touch on issues um, concerning his musical pursuits, uh, love and relationships, and even the socio-economic landscape of America right now. And for me now, <laughs> what, what I love the title of this this album so much is that it really feels like the, the perfect like album to put on when you know it's it's rainy and it's gloomy and you know you're either cooped up at home or in a car on your way down to work or to some club or whatever it, it just sets that that perfect kind of you know vibe to it basically right there's elements of afrofusion like on the tracks slow motion slash commotion rhythm and immigration rhythm um, the latter of which concludes the album on this bright sunny optimistic note because no not all the tracks are all gloomy and rainy and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but for the most part, I mean, these these the beats in particular, you know, you could simply vibe out to like uh, Keys and Point Synergy Nights, which yes, it is is inspired by the Synergy Nights show from Synergy TV. If you remember that okay. with um, Jason Williams, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. that track. It's awesome, right? Um, and Trust, which was the first single from the album and one of my favorite joints on the album, hands down. Um, you know, but pretty much, you know, it is your, 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 your I want to say traditional hip hop, you know, R&B, you know, um, fusion album basically, right? So you get the best of both worlds here, right? Um, there's also like a few braggadocious trap beast bangers like I Might and Free Jury. Um, you right. have socially conscious tracks like Ends and Black Woman and Child. Yes, same-ish title to like the Sizzler classic song that we all grew up on, right? But um, my my top favorite song from the record has um, is is undoubtedly "Kids to Kings," right? This is where the um, a sample from the song Lorraine, if you remember from the Calypsonian Explainer, um, well, basically this used that into this truly inspirational song about overcoming one's obstacles, right, on the road to success, right, regardless of where you're from. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to just get like a more in-depth look at, uh, you know, a review, I should say, as to how the album was, um, I, I just recommend just checking out my review. I'll put the link to it in the description below. But yeah, uh, for me, this is one of my favorites of the year, hands down. Um, and yeah, this is an absolute must listen, man. So, and by the way, this album is now available on all digital platforms. So, y'all don't have an excuse. So, yeah, um, by all means, you know, definitely check out Nick's debut album, something about rain so we we keeping it a little a little trini a little bit a little bit longer now so let's finally finally talk about black land by uh, episodes one and two um these were all the episodes that we got uh so you know we just kind of share we thoughts on on those so you know i, I was i was you know while, while we've been you know talking about magnolia we've we've covered all three episodes as far um you know black land was was something you know that just kind of came up like almost immediately after you know what i mean so it's like all right, right. you know we had to keep you reading on that and what is about basically is well essentially it's a post-apocalyptic uh sci-fi thriller drama if you want to call it that right so the premise is as follows right there's this sort of small-scale war involving the us and russia and someone it's not really clear who who did it because the characters are in silhouette uh, fires this nuclear missile and it's implied that it was supposed to hit venezuela because in you know in the world of black line you know they are an ally to the united states right but instead it hits trinidad and it results in this nuclear fallout and like just thousands of people 
um, uh, are dead, right? So cut to 15 years later now, and it's 2028. And, you know, the story centers on a young woman um, played by Aaliyah Watley, right? Uh, her name isn't given at all in this show, right? And both episodes just pretty much center on her just kind of patrolling this sort of abandoned savannah slash stadium area. And, you know, we just get to see how cautious she is, of her whereabouts, you know what I mean? A lot of time is spent on her just walking around, you know what I mean, with a handgun out and whatnot, and how resourceful she is, you know what I mean? But apparently there's someone that's, like, keeping an eye on her, right? And we're not really sure who it is. Like, is it the same people who fired the missile in the first place, or is it somebody else entirely, right? And I'll stop there. So um, I'll just share my, my quick thoughts on, on the show here, and then, um, well, the first two episodes, then you could share your thoughts, right? So for me... Um, I will say that it is, you know, very well shot. Um, it's competent in terms of its direction, um, the color correction in particular, um, this, you know, use of drone shots at all very well handled as well. And for me, I feel like it really nailed the atmosphere of being alone in this post-apocalyptic world, right? I mean, nothing new in the world of post-apocalyptic film, right? I mean, there was Iron right. Legend where primarily it was all about Will Smith and his dog, right? So it's like that. Um, there's some outsourced music in it, and you know, it was really great, right. actually. So, it's not for Chenko, um, you know, I mean, shout out to Chenko, by the way. I'm ha- and happy belated birdie, by the way. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's not him handling any music here, right? Um, I dug the voice acting work, um, especially in the, the sort of Paradise is No More montage of Trinidad in the first episode, right? But um, oddly enough, like, you know, we, we, we've talked about a, a recent show called Infection, which uh, was also about a post-apocalyptic Trinidad, right? But here, you know what I mean, um, they do the, the similar thing where they use, like, these establishing shots. And you can kind of tell, like, yes, you know, it's not from Trinidad, right? But in the context of what's going on, because they're talking about the United States, talking about Russia, talking about war and all that kind of stuff, it, it makes sense, right? It, it really does, right? Um to my surprise, though, um, this what really caught me by surprise, though, is that it is actually like a slow burn of a story, though, and a bit of a, a silent film since the protagonist does not talk at all, right? Which, right. to me, were the last two things I expected from Ansel and Keon, right? I did not see that coming. I thought we were going to go all dialogue heavy and all that kind of stuff, but no, right. it's just character moving around and stuff, right? Unfortunately, though, I felt that that was to the, the, the show's detriment, right? Um, yep. Because... Both episodes, my, right? Clocking at like under ad- 10 minutes, right? Yeah, exactly. My, my adherent, this is not. I mean, <laughs> they're trying to do silencing, but they don't get like what how to make silence work. Like in terms of, because they, they're not, you see silence, the reason why silence is work is because you're, you're making it, you're covering it up with visual language, right? but we're not getting visual language. So, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to see. Hey, exactly. And, and for those who don't know, uh, my, my, my adherent, um, you know, yeah, please, please, Darren, Darren, sorry, my bad, my bad. Yeah, please, please check up her work. Her work is great too. You know, we 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 learned about her work, uh, through you know film film school, yeah, right? Basically, only yeah, so it is yeah, one film school. You know, you know? Joke, right? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, wink, wink, right? Um, but yeah, and you know, like I I, I kind of understand, like okay, that's the point. You know, I mean, like you know, like you know, you could kind of read it it as well. You know, it's maybe it's the fear of the new normal. You know, what I mean, so. Even on a day when nothing happens, you know, the fact still remains that you're still in this this post-apocalyptic world, right? But still, except for the intros and outros, we don't really get much in terms of world building, um, secondary characters, no antagonists, and no conflicts too, you know? Um, 
But I do expect and I hope that the story becomes clearer in the upcoming episode, right? And for me personally, I felt that this would this easily should have just been, you know, just one twenty minute pilot episode. I felt like it should have right. been that. Exactly. Maybe maybe perhaps know, it know, was I, that, but splitting it up in two was yeah, like, I, well Yeah, I, I, don't was, know. I was confused by that because like wait, why episode one was the way it was created? It, it didn't seem that again, this stuff does seem to have our logic in terms of the building point. So like I kinda not being too nice anymore because we have had what? five or six of these things now and still is the same kind of same old same old in terms of technique and production value and you know this kind of things but yeah but i don't know it i thought it was entirely answered um i don't know that this fellow was involved with it so much now. i thought when i saw him in the credits i was like oh he does kind of side stuff now um not really doing anything mean but you you mentioned that he was central in the, in the production and creation so that's okay. uh, but yeah uh, uh it's it is still the same thing, sorry to say. Um, I'm not really impressed about this at all. Um, it's fine. Um, but again, yeah, you mentioned it. Like, why was this two episodes? I couldn't follow the half, the end of the first episode. Didn't end on anything interesting as an arc. Like, so it didn't, I couldn't, like, I don't understand what was going on. Like, why was this a thing? It just was just a cut. That's what it felt like, at least to me. It, it, I, didn't, I couldn't follow the logic of why this was an episode one. Because I was like, yeah, this is just a break in episode one and two. So I just watched it as one thing. And because um, with this MPV, this just immediately cut to the next one. It just felt like a thing. Like, wait, episode two starts? Or oh, same episode? I couldn't follow. Anyway, go ahead now. Yeah, well, well, you know, well, I was going to tell you, you could comment, but, you know, you pretty much, um, yeah. yeah, you pretty much said what you had to say about it, yeah, but, um, yeah. you know, for, for, for me, I, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just two episodes, um, and I, I imagine that there's a lot more to get in this world of Black Lando and the aftermath because yeah we forgot to mention though you know um, it's it's Black Land aftermath right but yeah um, I do hope that we get more of a of a narrative going forward like we know right. okay who this who this girl is you know what I mean yeah, what she's up to and you yeah, know why because, why these people problem. are after her or what they want from yeah, exactly. her basically, you know yeah the core the core problem is that because they're not doing dialogue and you don't have well, again, the the, the the underlying problem with all of this is that you don't have a working budget to really like do our world building. So there's no interest in visual language whatsoever. Like at no point I get a sense of, all right, you see this little thing or you see some little piece of this or you could have put something here to show what happened and hear, hear who this person is. So you can kind of build up what she is. Nor is it like, because it's Trinidad and it's some shots and they, they can't really show Trinidad like mash up because you had the budget for that. <laughs> um, you can't say, all right, well, this building broken down or this tongue thing, but this tongue still thriving. You can't do that, right? Again, typical post-apocalyptic stuff, right? Um, I'm not making any sense in terms of the, the um, follow-through because you cannot you can't show anything because you would need a budget for that, unfortunately. And this is, this is kind of the, the hamstringing of the whole thing. And I, I'm not sure, personally, I'm not sure how anybody would work around that kind of stuff. But I felt they could have like come up with some solutions. I don't know. I don't know how like low budget post apocalyptic stuff is. Usually, you know, either do, when you have a post uh, low budget, you either do shoot in the forest somewhere, but you have decent props and and production and special effects, or you do a battle episode, right? You can't do yeah. And some of these post apocalyptic stories do kind of the same. So that's about it. Yeah, um, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, you know, it's just two episodes thus far. Um, I, I really hope we get, you know, more episodes of this um 
because I, you know, like you know, say what we want about you know criticisms aside, um, I, you know, what I mean like. I, I this this wheel itself, especially how it's all set up, it's very very intriguing. Um, especially the whole geopolitical aspect of it that that caught right. me by completely by surprise. I didn't know it was like that. I thought it was just going to be the typical. Well, you know, it's the post apocalypse because it's the post apocalypse. That's why, right? Right, right? But I like that there was like an explanation as to what went down and why and all these kind of things. And it was kind of interesting though that you know the U.S. appointed. A president for for Tobago. <laughs> that that, right. that was intriguing. That, that was in the second episode, by the way. Right. But yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting world, man. And you know, I really like intrigued to see what this this protagonist is up to do. But um, you know, it's just that we we just want to see. We just want like a clear idea of what's going on. Like it's fine, you know. The I mean, just showing her in her element, basically. But you know, we could have gotten a little bit more, um, given the two episodes that we got here. But again, you know, I mean, room for improvement. So, you know, I mean, just just yeah. hoping that we get more episodes in the near future. So, yeah, can't wait, man. Right. All right. So, moving on now, uh, let's finally, finally talk about No Sudden Move, right? This is a Warner Brothers release. Um, this is directed, well, sorry, I should say, directed, fo- photographed, and edited by Steven Sodenberg. Um, right. Soderbergh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, not the biggest 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 fan of of him but um i mean his his filmography is incredible i mean yep. he's just been cranking out you know just hits after hits basically i mean sometimes it might work sometimes it don't right but i mean there's no denying that you know especially with his indie roots i mean he has just grown into like yeah. just one greats in my opinion right yeah, um, for me. there's just so much great great films on this belt though like like quite recently i think the last film that we covered from him was um high flying bird um high from, flying from bird. yeah which i yeah which i love uh yeah uh, but I, I, I like almost all his stuff, and he, the reason why I like his stuff is once you do a kind of any kind of crime, well thought out thriller, you know, heist kind of thing, you, it works. Like once you do anything involving that, yeah, you, you have me on board. And yeah, he, is, he does that really, really well. Can be mad at any of those. So, um, yeah, I, I'm the opposite. I'm a big fan of this dude, mostly because of how incredibly competent he is. Um, even with, with, with not the best technology, or he will like do low-budget filmmaking and make it work really well. Like, um, one of my favorites of his that I was really shocked at would have been so good, it was um, Unseen. Great, right? Oh, Love yes, 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 yes. I forgot about that. Wow. And, and, the, reason, yeah. and the, reason why, the reason why I like it so much is it does low-budget editing tricks to, to convey, like, emotion and information. Love it. It works so well. And he uses an iPhone <laughs> for a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> with high-flying high bird. Um, he uses an iPhone. It's a really wide lens. Um, it's, it's really strange. This film has one strange technical choice, and I can't really, I find, I, I, I'm hard pressed to excuse it. I'm not sure what the choice is, other than, oh, well, they used to do this back in the days when the time of this film was done, right? That's the only explanation I have for it. Like, I, I, I picked it, up on it too. I thought that yeah, was the only because, one. Yeah. Because I, I thought it was like it was meant to be shown in panoramic screens or something like that, like, but like, that don't exist anymore, you know, that long dead. But I, I, that's the only explanation I have for why this is true, because it, it's very noticeable. Like, very noticeable. Because I was watching it, I was like, oh, something wrong with this? I, I, I watched it on my 40-inch, 40, 40 uh, on the 40-inch uh, monitor. And I was like, something wrong with my monitor? I check in, check in. I was like, oh, no, it's the film. The film is deliberately shot like this. Okay, this is kind of strange. Um, other than yeah. that, other than that, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, well, well, if, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, you just want to yeah. just 
just just a, a run through of what um, this movie is about. Oh, uh, right. So this is about um, Don Cheadle as Kurt. Oh God, was his his last name boy? Uh, Kurt Goins. Kurt Goins. Yeah, let me yeah, let's open up Wikipedia. I watched it. A, oh. I watched it a while now. So that's, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kurt Goins. Right. So he kind of had a bust out from. He wanted to leave. Um, leave town. Yeah, he had a little bit of a little bit of cash. Leave town. You just want to get out of here. Um, from Detroit, it's, it's I, I can't remember what years it was exactly, but it's in the fifties, I think. Um, he, it's um, it's uh, nineteen fifty-four, I believe it is. Yeah. Fifty-four, mid, right? Mid, yeah, mid fifties, right? Yeah. And, uh, here's the thing: the only reason I piece that together is because of the world, the world building, and then what technology was where. And again, you know, they, they got almost all of that accurate in terms of. I've watched stuff like architecture and interior design just to get a sense of what it was and that. So I, I just assumed it. So yeah, again. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Well, well, for I, me, um, I was noticing how the the, the title, the opening credits look. Could they have right. a specific um fifties, you know, yes. film noir yes. looked at? Right, but yes. I'll get to that yes. in a. I, yeah. I love the little small things. Anyway, so basically, he gets a little job, like a little yeah, you know, as you had to put on a walk. And he meets um, this guy called Ronald Russo, um, and another guy named Charlie. Get, get these kind of things, and then you have to basically you have to just spend time sorting out this family. Three hours in and out, three hours. <laughs> that, that is it. And so they come in they, with the mask, this this weird white mask, um, and this they they hold up this family, and they basically have to get the guy to go get a like a something in a safe. Right, it's a, a little envelope. Not sure what it is. They, they say the, the envelope. The way we talk about talking about it, the envelope costs them like fifty thousand. And that's where I'm thinking, oh, the whole almost the entire movie gonna be about this heist, and they're gonna be sort on this heist. Nope. It is. It takes a really interesting twist, and then you find out the true nature of this envelope and what's going on. And that's where the story takes off. And I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, noticeable thing about the film is the fantastic editing. By yep, Bernard, yep, yep. Marianne Bernard, mm-hmm. yes. She I, I thought she did a great job with the editing in terms of like the flowing of the story, how things move and transition from period to piece to piece, uh, information wise, storytelling wise, you know that that normal thing where you you you're putting the the um the vocals and the, the, the you know from the next scene in the previous scene to this illustrate yeah. the situation. Yeah, Little things yeah. like that. Simple, simple editing, but expertly done, good technique. Um, absolutely loved Don Cheadle. I thought character was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was just he, he just had his head on a swivel right through. And I know, right? <laughs> when 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 what happens to him happens to him, it's it's not that surprising. But you can understand why he fall for something like that, given how um you know how, how conscientious and, and kind of borderline paranoid he is at times, right? Um, Benicio del Toro is pretty good in this. Uh, I really liked him. The big Stand out to me in terms of that little small guest roles, but they work totally. Is Ray Liotta, Bill Duke, and I don't want to spoil it, but I think I'll spoil it by saying this uh, Matt Damon, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was like, I watched yeah, yeah, yeah. like when he comes in, eh? so I didn't yeah. it, but when he comes in, like I'm watching the face and I'm watching <laughs> yeah. him, and I'm like, wait, 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 yeah. wait, hold up. Yeah. Matt Damon was in this show, and right. I didn't even realize that, right? And what? That's what I thought because here's, here's the thing, I didn't, I didn't don't remember seeing him in the trailer. But you know, you know, Matt Damon is doing guest roles that you don't know in the movie, like it's a stellar. He would just come in. I like, hey, uh, he just, I would, <laughs> right? But when it, when he said what he was saying and they reveal what the story is about, that's when everything fell together so well. And I was like, all right, this is an absolutely brilliant script in my opinion. 
I really, really love this story in terms of like why it was about. You, under, you totally understand why that envelope is worth so much. Like, oh shit, that real dread, dude. Like, it's a really great story. It makes perfect sense. Um, from my standpoint, uh, because I have a history of, well, what my history is, I, it totally fall in line with me now. It's like, all right, yeah, I totally understand the story because I know the history of this and the story of it now. Um, I don't know, I don't know if you want, I want to spoil it, but all I'll say is, you know, car engines. That's all I'll say, right? So I, I um, it's, it's a great, it's a great little crime, not really a crime script, but it's kind of a crime script if you think about it. And it's just, you know, all these forces and, and push and pulls and people back and forth, a lot of chicanery and a lot of, you know, countervailing forces bun- bouncing off each other. And yeah, it's a great script that, that lines up really, really well. I really loved it. Um, yeah, th- this is probably one of my favorite films of the year. All right. Well, that's that's great to hear, actually, right? So for me, um, this is one that I don't love as much as you do, but I'll tell you why. Right. And it's such a simple reason. Please please forgive me, but um, because it is a crime film, and I'm not saying that, you know, all of, you know, Soderbergh's films are, you know, um, convoluted or whatnot, right? But this is one that you definitely have to watch. Like, you have to, like, be laser-focused right. on it, right? And um, because I was okay. just going in kind of blind now, you know what I mean? I was just trying to follow. Right. And it has, like, this twisting kind of stuff now, which which is fine, right. right? But I know that there's a few things that, you know, are just sort of missed, right? Oh, no, that, yeah, that's, me, you know, which is I, understandable, I, I, right? I, I, I have the same problem. Um, films like, but I, I see, with films like this, I don't need to know everything, like, I know it have little little things I'm missing from like, oh, these little details are here there. But I kind of follow like main lines, main thorough lines, you're good. Yeah, me, me too, me too. Exactly. And that's yeah. the, uh, the whole thing about it. I sure I'll give it a second and third look and be like, oh, I missed that and I missed that. But the main right. arcs work. It's, it's, it's a problem with, with um this movie that I raised up so much, but it had the same problem. This um Tenet now. Tenet have the same problem, right? A lot of convolution. But when you actually pieced together what's going on. It's like, okay, it mostly makes sense for the most part, right? Unless you want to nitpick some bullshit, right? It works. This is the same thing. There's a lot of moving parts. But all of the moving parts, you could kind of ignore most of them. You can ignore most of them because it's like, okay, right. this is this. It really boils down to, to, you know, Don Cheadle's character and um, Del Toro's character. That's it. And then what happened with the money in the end? That's it, right? Exactly, it yeah. That's it. That, that's yeah. that's you mean you mean Toro lines because it, there's a great line by Matt Damon um, character. We talk about rules. I oh, I, oh, I love I love, love that, that. that moment. Simple, love that moment. Simple, yeah. yeah, simple simple set of dialogue. It works really well, and then it comes back and comes back full circle about what went on. It's like wait, wait, Daryl Dread do. But then the ending is like a surprisingly good ending. It's like okay, that's not bad. Like I, I like it. And I have no idea if this was a book or meant to be a book. I find it too well written to be a script. Um. I don't know if it's a book, if somebody can tell me. Great. But I just thought it was so well done. I just it's it's really well made. It's simple filmmaking. I won't go as far as saying classic filmmaking or anything like that. Just simple. Simple story, relatively simple story when everything was all said and done. But a lot of moving parts and it comes together really well because it that I like about it, it has that working chaos to it. It's like it starts off simple, it ramps up in terms of the, the uncertainty of the situation. And at any time, something could go up. And it really, I, to me, I, I, had, I, it was, I was on the edge of my seat about it because I was like, I really don't know what's going to happen next at certain moments. I'm like, wait, wait, that real bad, though. Like, oh, this is what it's about? Okay, that real clip, and it makes sense. Nothing about it felt far-fetched or like bullshit or like, wait, that's a real stretch. Nothing. Everything about it worked. And, and the ending was a nice little tight bow. Like, yeah, okay. In the end of the day, this worked out. And it was a nice, well, kind of a nice ending, right? 
um, Bill Duke is greater this at the end. <laughs> like, oh, that yes. last line. Oh, yes. That last, especially that last moment of Bill Duke. You already thought, wait, my God, it's getting. You know what's surprisingly good in this? And I was watching the face, I was like, um, oh, shit. But he had a little small role, but it was good. Uh, Karen Culkin. Yes, I, I forgot yeah. he was in this movie. Like, yeah. I saw the trailer a while back, and I was like, oh, yeah, you were this. Yeah, and I, yeah. I watch it, and I watch any face, I'm like, wait, I'm Macaulay, but like, oh, right, Macaulay, I'm a little brother. Right, he in this, cool. I, I was like, because I really, I didn't, I didn't see the movie until seeing it since uh, the trailer. So the, I saw the trailer a long, long time, and then I finally saw the movie. And I'm like, all right, this, this, I forget, I kind of forget everything now. So I like, jump in, like, you're kind of jumping by kind. I was like, and you don't see those in it, that's it. And so I was like, oh yeah, David Harbour in this, John Hammond in this, cool. Um, your girl from Uncut Gems, Julia Fox, she was good in this too. Yes, yeah, uh, she was there. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I love what they did with her, with her, with yeah. her character. Yeah, what they reviewed with the with it's like, yeah, that was. Um, I uh thoroughly, thoroughly loved this film. I didn't, I didn't. Um, it, it probably will diminish in the back of my head, like when I start to think about it. If I give it a second look. Or I'll probably be in a more silly mood. I think it's just a big mood thing. Like I, I'll just it's a while I haven't seen just really solid, competent film filmmaking in a while. But we're going to talk about the next film, and that also you know put me in a good mood as well. Of just yes, yes, yes. Incredibly competent filmmaking. Like just yeah, yeah. You know, it's the pros. Everybody on the same page. At no point again a sense of amateur hour, which I had to keep excusing and be like, eh, they go get better. Nah, this is the real deal. Love it. Um. Absolutely well, well rated one time now before, yeah, before uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it like a nine out of ten. It, I have problems with it, and that that one technical issue involving the lens thing, I, I really couldn't like. I had no reason. I didn't get why that was the way it was. Like, was he shooting on an iPhone or something? I couldn't really follow why it was the way it was. Because the thing is, uh, um, high flying bird was shot on an iPhone, but no high flying bird looked good. Like high flying bird was fine. I don't know what, what was going on with that. Whatever. Nine out yeah, of ten. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Not a perfect film. I have little, little nitpickies, but it's mostly like nitpicky things kind of thing. Um, but it's a really, really simple and competent film. I, I really, it's a while I haven't gotten a good, gotten a good crime script, good crime script. And it works. It works as a good crime gangster script. And then it gets into more deeper, deeper topics and ideas that really, really works and, you know, scratches that itch for me. So yeah, nine out of ten. Loved it. Yeah, well, well, for me, um, I agree with you for the most part. One, one thing I have to give um, Soderbergh credit for is that, you know, while it does kind of have these subtle homages to like old school noir films, right? The opening, the title sequence, for example, very yeah. much inspired from like old school, you know, films of that era, right? Yeah. But in no way is he like try. Is is this is not like a pastiche? It's like, oh, well, if right. you love the right. concrete, you know, the asphalt jungle, and if you loved um the you know um the killing uh from from stanley kubrick which by the way they were they were bits 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 well of, of moments where i felt it was lady killing um that would right. be like the um david harbour's character being right. somewhat of like this weakling in a sense you know what i mean and being chastised all the time like you know what i mean what kind of a man are you that kind of vibe now i was i was picking up on that because a character in that scene movie the killing who moved just like that right but yeah um i like that it wasn't a pastiche of like old school cliches and formulas and whatnot it was you know the story that Stephen wanted to make he make it yeah. um he, he he made it you know historically relevant which caught me by surprise so i know for some people it might be like well why can't I just give him a little, a little crime film? Why why you just had to make it out to be something that's much bigger? But that's the point. Is 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 more yeah, yeah, than exactly. just the job. Yeah. It's more yeah, yeah. it's more than just grab the item and run. You know what I mean? There's more to it. And I like that. I really right. do. Um yeah. 
I do agree with you. The cast is excellent in this, though. Don Cheadle yeah. knocks Audi Park. Benicio Del Toro, yeah. Audi Park. Harbour, yeah. David Harbour, Audi Park. Yeah. John Hamm, yeah. Audi Park. Really, right. to the moment that he was there, Audi Park, right? right. Brendan yeah. Fraser, Audi Park. What, what, Everybody what happens to him? Well. Yeah, what happens to Rayleigh? I thought it was like, wow, that shocked me. When it happened, it I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, back. but it makes, it makes perfect sense. Like, oh, it like that, it just, it's just a tread. It's not necessarily lining up with the main story, but at the same time, because of his character and who he is, yep, make, make perfect sense that what happened to him. Exactly. I did not expect, or maybe I just forgot from the trailer or whatever, um, to see Bill Duke in this though. And when I see him, right. I just yeah. smile when he yeah. shows up. I would say yeah. where I was a smile, like, yeah. yes, this yeah. is what I want. This is exactly right. what I want though. Um, yeah. I do agree too. It is fantastically shot though, like flawlessly, in yeah. my opinion. Um, the wide angle lens thing did catch up by surprise because I was just like, well. Yeah, but it feels like you're just kind of like compressing the shot in a sense. You when right. when you see guys, you'll understand what what, what we're talking about. Eh? But still, it's just right. like well, because I specifically don't remember like even like when shows that were in t- um, technoscope or whatever it is, right. um, you know, made it to TV. They didn't have that 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 era. They just sort exactly. of move like kind of physically move the the, the shot. Yeah, that is, um, you know, so it wasn't like everything was all squeezed together now. No, no, but that's, that's pan and scan. I mean, that's not that's right. the same thing. What it did right. here was kind of strange. Like, I'm not sure what what was why it looks so strange in our way. Anyway, whatever. It, 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 it little... could be it could be a, a artistic decision though. But you know, like I was right. trying to remember, like but I know he point. like he used the iPhone in, in for on safe and high flying but I I know you I know you would have used a wide angle lens for both films, right. obviously, right? It's the iPhone, duh. But still, like I don't remember shots looking like that in those films. But then again, I haven't seen those films since they came out, right? So, right. I still think it's a creative choice. I don't know. That's maybe I mean, I, a video will come out and you'll explain why, right? Yeah, I can't, I can't help but I can't think otherwise because it's like, it's a choice, but I'm not sure. But it's like a choice that it kind of doesn't work. Right? So, I can't, I can't, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, and, and last, oh, sorry? Yeah, no, right. So, just the last point, you know, um, you know, it's very, well, for lack of a better term, it's very Hitchcockian, right? It does the Hitchcockian thing and it, it outright addresses something that Hitchcock talk about. I forget if I've kind of um, paraphrasing, but you know the whole you don't go to the police because the police is boring. Um, yes, they yes. Up, they came up with a great reason. The central conceit of the story is an excellent reason as to why you don't go to the police. I love that. I love. Oh, love, yeah, love you know that. as you bring it up. But, yes, you're right. You're right. It it comes back full circle about like the working corruption of the situation because yes, the police is involved. Well, the FBI is, but you understand why it is that the, the, the bullshit the bullshit fly for so long, right? Um, I, I really yeah. love the central con- like when they reveal what the central conceit is and what it's about I was like alright great script I think I said this before but yeah that's yeah, why yeah. it works so well to me because it, it is such a large big picture thing and knowing the actual history of it is like yeah no shit like that makes real yeah. perfect sense that a small thing would escalate in this way and you have all of this you know jumping around and, and you know dancing around for something that you can easily solve now. Right. and you, yeah and the entire time I'm wondering why does it just do this and then when they reveal what's going on it's like yep it pays off. Totally makes sense. Loved it. Right. Yeah, well, well, you know, as you keep mentioning, script, 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 right? So the guy responsible is Ed Solomon, right? Um, he right. he wrote the Bill and Ted, you know, um, trilogy. Um, right. Now you see me see um trilogy. Sorry, oh, okay, trilogy, right, right, right. duology and stuff like that. But I think that yeah, I mean, he just no. came through with a great, great, great script. Um, so. <laughs> So well written, though. Um, and it's yes, very it, much reminiscent of those, you know, yeah, just those classic noir films of the 50s and 60s right. and 
forties that I I love. Right. I mean, I love that genre. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's very, it was a it's nice very, um, yeah, it's it's very French New Wave almost. Like it had that, it's like um stuff like graffiti or something like that. Um, that that kind of kind of crime film where anybody up up for grabs in terms of the the, the, the gun. You're not sure yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and nothing yeah. plays out the way you expect yeah, at exactly. all. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yeah I, um, I, I, I loved it. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, well, yes, you, you loved it. Um, For me, um, I really enjoyed this, but this is one, because I so nitpicky with story, I just want to make sure I knew everything that went on. Right, right. You know, if, if I knew, like, every single thing in it, I would have given this a four and a half. But for me, at the moment, strong four. This is a high recommend. Right. Um, Definitely check this out. I could understand why a movie like this will get lost in the clutter, though, because I believe there wasn't that much, you know, big, there wasn't that big of a mark to push behind it. Though. Like, right, exactly. There's a trailer, the trailer was awesome, but then after that i didn't see anything else after that and then the movie came right. out right literally at the beginning of this month right um but i i, I was glad i was able to check it out I, i'm glad you actually reminded me of this so you know i actually watched it a few hours before we met up here online and yeah um this is one for sure that i'm gonna watch over and i imagine this is one that will get better like the famous you know f- um classic noir films of the past this is one that's gonna get better with with uh with more viewings man but um, yeah. last thing last, I know for some people, um, especially those who are not used to that genre, might find this to be a little too convoluted, like for its own good. But I would say it it it's not like intentionally convoluted, but it does have twists and turns and whatnot. But it's done very well and it's all purposeful and it adds a lot to the story. So it's not just there to just play with your head and be like, oh well, you know, we we're being smart and you know we want right. to treat you exactly. dumb. No, no, no. It's not like that. It doesn't treat it the audience as, as, I, I, as I think, stupid at all. Yeah, unlike unlike Nolan, because look, I just defend my boy Nolan, but Nolan just fall into the bullshit trap sometimes, right? It, at no point yeah, felt as a fan of Nolan, I would I would yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Um, at no point this felt pretentious. It didn't feel like it was trying to be smarter than you and anything like that. What it felt, I to me, just had a good sense of chaos, right? You have that much money involved, and you could understand why everybody and their mother want to come for it, right? Exactly. Once you once you invite that kind of that um that level of incentive, it is get white. That makes perfect sense. And I, everything worked out. I, oh, Bill, you got a great line. He said, I don't want that money. It's too expensive. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Bill Duke's character is so good at this. Like he, yeah, Bill, he Bill, makes, Bill Duke, man. Bill Duke yeah. is, is the OG, man. But I say, but why say look, I, I don't want our money. You know, that money is too expensive. That's a great line. Because like, he understands the fuckery. <laughs> he understands that shit can get out of hand fast. I love this. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for me, 9 out of 10, last one. Yeah. Right. So so we we've gushed over this movie enough, guys. Y'all need to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't don't uh, let the old school look of it fool you, Dread. This is a great film. Definitely yeah. seek this one out. And from one great film to another, because yes, this is this is basically gonna be a trilogy of great films here. Uh let's talk about Pigman. Uh, well, if you don't mind, I'll just do the, the synopsis, right? So um this is the debut feature from Michael Sarnowski, right? Um yeah. Uh, this is the first time I've heard of, of him and his work and whatnot. But, you know, hell, hell of a way to get your career up and running, Jed, because um, you, you, you get the man, the man himself, yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Cage, to be in your debut feature, Jed. And just to jump into the story one time, right? So he plays the character of Robin, right? They call him Rob for short, right? And um, he is a truffle forager, right? But Right. He lives like deep in the forest and whatnot. You know what I mean? He's just—he's a recluse basically, right? So he's—he's always to himself, right? Well, I would say the—the the only companionship he has is a pig, right? Um, a, a very 
very cute looking pig on Mercedes, right? right? And what yeah. they do is just basically, yeah, they, they search for truffles. And um, this young guy by the name of Amir, he he shows up. Uh, by the way, he's played by Alex Wolf. I didn't yeah. even know that he was in this movie as well, right? But yeah, he shows yeah, it, up. It, 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 it take me a hot minute. I was like, hey, I don't know what boy who get, who get your neck break in the end of that movie there. Like I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So he he shows up every week because the idea is that yeah, you know what I mean. They they selling truffles. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. Well, in the in the in the chef in the sorry in the um in restaurant, the restaurant, restaurant world, right? So yeah. Yeah, of 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 Portland or um Oregon. Yeah. So basically, you know what I mean. He's just selling that. That's how he makes his money, right? And um, well, we learned that Amir is actually the son of this uh, famous um, restaurant owner. Um, who has his business in Portland, um, Oregon, and you know it's it's what well, we literally told him that you know he's really trying to to do his best to you know to to make his father proud now, but his father kind of treats him like shit, and then he himself you know okay. what I mean just trying so desperately to be liked and be recognized and be respected that to the point he just kind of comes off like a like he's just trying a little too hard now. But all that aside, though, um, you know everything seems to be normal for for Rob, right? We we learn a little bit. Little bits, bits of of who he is, how he goes about his, how he goes across his day to day, um, a bit of his past that comes up in the end. That's all we'll say. But then, like one night, by somebody just comes in and steals his pig. He gets knocked out in the process. And Rob, being the guy that he is, he just like proceeds on this quest, basically, to find his pig, right? But it goes deeper than that, though, because in the process, right. he runs into Amir. And you know he decides to help him out too now, but basically it's just kind of them, um, them just forming this sort of weird buddy relationship. Now they learn a lot about each other. They learn a lot about life, and well, especially for a guy like Rob, he kind of we kind of understand why he's a recluse that he is. We understand why he kind of got off the grid, basically, right, um, so to speak. But we also get to see a side of you know the restaurant industry that nobody right. really sees. That we really kind of see a bit of like the dark side of that right. particular town, and you can kind of understand why Rob you know left it basically, right? And then you right. also understand in a sense why he's so determined to get his pig back, right? So let's jump into my uh, to, to my thoughts one time, right? So upon first glance, like even I myself was just like, all right, you know, this this. I know this isn't John Wick, right? But it have the inklings that it could be like a John Wick, right? Not just because of the fact of a, a, a um an, an animal involved, right? And right, this right. sort of recluse individual who we don't know much about. And then when something like that happens, that's when he snaps. And that's when you really see who he is, right? But it's really because of the guy who's front and center, Nicolas Cage, right? Because, I mean, love or hate right. the guy. You know what I mean? He, he, I was, he, he, he delivers these I, intense performances. Sometimes yeah. they're laughable. Sometimes they just right. really catch you off guard. But, you know, I, when he doesn't just pick up a performance, he doesn't pick a safe, easy performance at all. You know when he brings right. it, it's going to be intense now because it's it's Nicolas Cage, right? You know what I mean? Not my eyes! Not the bees! Right? We know that, right? No, but, no, I, yes, I, I was expecting, I was expecting, man, right? I was expecting something like that. That that was I was thinking. Oh, uh, you, like, you oh, were expecting what? Sorry, Mandy. Yes, 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 yes. Because Mandy, yeah, right. also sent us on a guy in the woods, and you know, right, something happened right. to his wife, and so he I, just I was thinking, goes off. I was thinking, and then I heard, I heard the guy was like this first time filmmaker, so I was kind of thinking, so I'm like, oh, okay, I could understand why those people would, uh, like, you know, first time filmmakers tend to be, uh, sorry, to say it very rarely, first time filmmakers are great. He's one of the exceptions, but 
this dude, uh, I was expecting something straightforward and normal. And I was expecting Mandy, but le- like more realistic Mandy instead of less, you know, less psychedelic. You know, that's what I was expecting. So then the story takes a really strange turn. I was like, oh, okay, this works great. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. So, yes, I mean, just off of the, the premise, for bits of the premise, so I should say, like, how the first act kind of plays out, and, you know, just because of the, the, the lead himself there, you will go in expecting this story to play out a certain way, right? Expect that by the time he reaches to Portland, um, Nicholas Cage's character is going to be breaking bones, and he's going to grab a gun right. and shoot a guy expecting that now. But right. it's not that, actually. It is a rather somber look at you know just a guy who just deals with loss in his own way and you know it's just how he he's so emotionally detached from everyone now you kind of understand throughout the film why he is the way he is right and it's almost the sense that you know this amir guy who at first he could you know when you when you first meet he could tell they don't have you know a, a strong relationship at all you kind of right. understand you know I mean how they kind of bounce off each other and learn from each other you know so just to this, just to get this out of the way, um, this is a truly, truly impressive debut. One of the best debut yeah. films I've seen in a long while, and I have to buy into the hype. Till for, forgive me for for jumping on the hype train, guys, but yes, this is hands down one of the best films of the year. I'll I'll right. explain why in a bit, right? Before before we get to your thoughts, Ricardo, yeah, right? No, if, so if, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Nusa move, this is would have been my favorite film of the year. It's very ah. good. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's yeah, a close yeah. second. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. right. I wouldn't put it up there as a top five as yet, though, but like, right. like no sudden move, I want to give this a second viewing, right? Because, yeah, this is one that's going to reward that's gonna reward you even more with more viewings, right? So what I dug, though, is the unconventionality of the story, right? It, it does not play out at all the way it does. And I don't want to spoil how or why, right? But it does, right? right? Um, Nicholas Cage, though, I've never seen him this reserved in my life, though. And yeah, I, I like the fact that it's like the complete opposite to, like, admittedly, a performance that I hated from him. That was Willy's Wonderland, where I felt like right. he was just too reserved. Like, he just didn't see anything. He was just kind of, like, like literally, he does not see a word, right? And yeah. he's just doing the same thing, just over and over and over and over and over. And the joke is, ha, it's Nicholas Cage doing it. That's a joke, ha. Right. Right. This case yeah. is like no. This feels like someone who has felt has dealt with loss now, and like probably felt like this was the only way I could do it, and he could understand why he would form this bond with you know this pig, right? And I love how the film doesn't portray it as some sort of Disney Beeb esque kind of thing, like oh my lord, oh my god, right. I'm so in love with this. It's like you understand right. the guy who he is. He's 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 basically like you know playing old man cage basically right you know he's just on his on his own right now he just doesn't need any much um, need anything much you know he's just kind of surviving off the land basically right and then this thing happens now and now he has to go back into the world and it's just how he looks at the world and how people look at him and all that kind of stuff now and that totally worked for me um i didn't expect like at first i wasn't really liking alex wolf's character but through time, as they started to develop his character, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's I, why he is, he is. That's, right. why he, I thought, uh, that's why he is that way, you know what I mean? He's not yeah, an really, asshole just because, you know? Yeah, I didn't think he would have been that central to the plot as well. I was like, oh, okay, this with him and the dad, and oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and well, well one thing, though, the, the direction is strong in this, too. There's some... There's yeah. some great shots like um especially like in the first act like when they were in the yes. where, in the, where we're in the, the forest basically some some gorgeous cinematography and direction there there's even like uh just a moment with him in uh amir's car 
and they're driving to the destination and you're just seeing like three or four images be superimposed or it's done in sort of like easy psychedelic way. I was like, talk this robot, do like I would have never thought about showing the passage of time, you know what I mean? Especially in a yeah. nocturnal setting like that. And it's so simple and it worked though, you know what I mean? It, it totally worked. Um the music is 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 decent as well. I mean it does not it doesn't stick out so uh, as, as much as it should though, but it's it's there and it comes in when it needs to though. Um the supporting cast is great as well. I did expect to see Adam Arkin as well, Arkin in it as well too. Right, um right. And you know, well, that, well I, I would say like his character do and what he what he adds his story boy. I was like, wow, okay, well, did you know, see, did you see, yeah, did you see the restaurant that I also loved. Um, yes, yes, it, yes, it's a yeah, great restaurant scene great involving yeah. a chef, and obviously, yes. it involves what he could have done with his life, and it's just right. like, well, we're just kind of <laughs> telling him, like, dude, like, what yeah. are you doing with your life, bro? Like, what yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah. It is yeah. so. Brutal though, but at the same time, kind of uplifted in a sense. And right. that's that's how I could see, how I could really describe this movie. It's dark and it's grim and solemn and sad in a sense. But it also has a bit of heart. It has a lot of heart, sorry. And it's yeah. kind of uplifting in a sense too. And, uh, and that's yeah, in particular with the with the um the climax and the ending of the film, right? Because right. like what at least it, I won't lie to you, Ricardo. Like when it ended, I was like, all right, that's the end, okay. But it's like when I started to think about it, it's like. Oh, yeah. that's what they're going for, right? So yeah. what I would say in a nutshell without spoiling it is it's really again how we deal with loss and just the mere fact that yes, loss is a part of life, but at the end of the day, and I could attest to this, is your life and you have to keep living, right? And yeah. the, the the final shot of this perfectly, perfectly sums this up though. So yes, this is very unconventional. For some people, they might just be like, I, I don't know, like like why win again a John Wick film? Why win again a Mandy film? Why win again, you know, Nicolas Cage going eep shit? Because it's Nicolas right. Cage, man. But it's not that, though. And just to touch on, on Nick Cage quickly, um, this is one of the best performances he's ever yeah. given in his career. Yeah. And this is coming yeah. from somebody who has not even followed up on all of his films, right? Like, I would admit, I still haven't watched Leaving Las Vegas. I know he won an Oscar for that. I know. But I still haven't seen it. I, I hear he was oh, great yeah. in that. He was great in, you know, bringing out the dead, you know what I mean, uh, from uh, Scorsese. I know the man has put out great rules over the years, I know, but because of pop culture, we, we always tend to attribute him with the Vampire's Kiss and the Conneers and the, you know, um, what, what it is about the Wicker Mans, you know what I mean, where it's just right. so hammy. Like, look, just last year, I was I was complete about his role, or sorry, the, 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 role, the, the film that he was in, that was Jiu-Jitsu, right? But here, though, he, uh, well, I mean, say what you want about his choices, but the man commits to his performances. Eh? That's always said. This one here, he commits. I'm glad yeah. that he was actually given lines to say as opposed to Willie's um, Wonderland, you know what I mean? And you really get the sense of, all right, I may come off as socially awkward, but the more you understand me, the more you'll understand why I'm so weird. You know what I mean? It's not quirky Perfect. weird, but it's just like Bushman weird. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm just right. like a like a mountain man weird. That's what it is. Like he's like yes, the the best mountain man character I've ever seen in in film, in my opinion. But yeah, though, um, his performance is Oscar winning. Though I, I, I would I would love it if he actually gets nominated for this though. But I don't know. I kind of doubt it given the the low-budget, quote-unquote, nature of the film itself. But I would love to see people right. get a numb for this, at least, because man, yeah, for so long, man. I mean, you know, give him his flowers, you know what I mean? Whatever, right? But yeah, 
Um, just just to wrap things up for me though. Yeah, this is really unconventional. It's really strange actually and weird, but in all the right ways. Just weird and strange in the sense that it's not your ordinary film. Like I've never seen a film about a truffle forager, you know, be going into the dark world of, you know, Portland looking for a pig. Right. You know what I mean? And the show yeah. just commits it without being hammy, without being over the top, without winking the camera and saying, ha, ha, it's a joke. Get it because Nicolas Cage looking for a pig. Ha. Right. No, it right. plays it serious to serious enough. Um, but it does have a little moments of humor here or there as well, too. You know, so it's not all gloom and doom, but it's really the 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 the, the theme of love and loss too, and just how how we all deal with it though. That that's what really stuck with, with me with that one. But so yeah, uh Ricardo, thoughts on, on pig. Yeah, yeah. As I say, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for no sudden move, uh, this would have been my favorite film of the year so far. Um, I absolutely love this great somber performance by Cage. He bounces off with with um, Alex Wolf really well. Like Alex Wolf, I can I just kind of forget Alex Wolf is like just twenty three. Like yeah, he and Cage had great chemistry with each other. They bounce. Yeah, they they the story goes in interesting places because again, I was still thinking it's gonna have some weirdness because when when they got into the I don't know if this is a spoiler, but underground fighting scene. I thought, oh, he's an underground fighter or some bullshit like that. Nope. Like, it's different. It's a different story, but it, it yeah. all of that weirdness and it goes all over the place. And it's, a, it's just an interesting character piece on, on the part of Cage. I, and I thought Cage was great in this. Um, the only issue is that he was no problem with it. I had a problem with it. I was trying to think. Um, I just think I, I find it was a little on the anticlimactic end of what happened in the ending, but like, again, it all makes sense and I think um, it doesn't scratch the itch that no sun move scratch. So I, I felt um, mm. it doesn't. It just it just ended a little slowly. But and I was yeah, like, I, I, I can't understand. Like it doesn't right. have like it's emotional, but it doesn't have that that gut punch to like yeah, right. you really wanted, you know? Right. But I, I was expecting a like because it started off as a like a dark comedy almost, right? That's what it felt like. But and again, because of my bias towards Nick Cage as a person, and then it's like oh, it turned into this real serious drama later. But no, it was just kind of a drama. The, the whole thing true. It's just my my biases and expectations of Nicolas Cage. I'm expecting man, the expecting color, color out of the outer space, that kind of stuff, right? But we didn't get that. Just surprisingly somber, somber experience. Everything grounded. Everything is explained um, for what it is, and that's it. And yeah, I, I still I still really loved it for what it was. Um, yeah, for me, I give it like a eight out of ten, eight point five out of ten. Just uh, really, really dug it for what it was. All right, all right. Well, for me, I'm gonna give this a very light four and a half out of five, man. Um, there's, there's, there's already a lot of hype around this film, though, and I know for some people, you might be like, well, is it, is it really worth it, though? Like, it's, it's just a guy looking for a pig. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, like, there's been, there's been Oscar-winning films that that had better team, sorry, better narratives than that. But no, folks. This one is its own thing, you know what I mean? It it does its own thing. It goes deep the way it should, you know what I mean? Um, I, it, it really goes out of its way to be something unique, right? While feeling, you know, rather rather familiar as well. Um, especially, I mean, if, if you're a pet owner, I mean, you should you should definitely right. relate to this, right? <laughs> definitely, right? Um, as I am, actually. But yeah, well, well for me, really, what, what, what sunk with me was just, again, the, the, the topic of, you know, love and loss to just 
how well that's loss in general that's how we we deal with it right even right down to having a pet and hoping that that compensates right so it, it really hit me in in a way that i didn't expect to and just that final shot though was just so yeah. simple and you know like deeply uplifting in my opinion man so yes folks this is the real deal um it probably would be for everyone though because of the slow burn vibe of it though but i would say um yeah this is this is one that you really need to see um for you know for this year man this this one this one is is up there man this i could see this making it to you know like you know top 10 for sure for the year man so yeah definitely check out pick and last but not least as far as shoes that y'all should not overlook uh let me just talk about zola um this is a movie that um I was hearing about from since last year, though, but then when the trailer dropped earlier this year, I believe it was, right. I was like, all right, I need to check this out, right? And, right. you know, it's from the boys, E24, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yes, I I've got my E24 fix for the year. Yeah, I didn't, yes. I didn't, I didn't see this, but I knew the story. It, it was an insane Twitter trip. That is what I know. All right. Well, I, I will confess, I didn't even know about that story until right. that trailer dropped. And they say it's based right. on, you know, this, this. Yeah famous twitter thread and this uh um, yeah, that's that's, that. exactly that's what i remember yeah, right exactly yeah yeah so as we said as i said there's just now it's based off of this twitter thread and really so article right so it's centered on real life person um azia king right or zola as she calls herself right um in this case she's played brilliantly as you see um by taylor page right Last time right. I saw her was in Marini's Black Butter. She was the one that, right. Um, right. you yeah. know, Chadwick Boseman's character was like real eyeing down a bit. You know what I mean? Right, I don't right, blame. Right. I don't blame it because I mean, yeah. as, as the show, as this show really goes off out of its way to show, um, Taylor is she, she, she fine, man. She, she fine, yeah. man. She real yeah. fine. Man. <laughs> no, no lie. On God, she real fine, right? Uh, but yeah, basically, what it is that she is well, she was, a, I should say, a waitress, right? Um, this is all set in Detroit, by the way. And um, ever so often, you know, I mean, if she had to pay some bills, she will do all stripping on the end, right, on, on the side, right. So one casual day, uh, she just runs into Stefani, right, who is played by Kylie Q. If I if I got the surname wrong, forgive me, right. Um, who is a stripper as well, right? Um, and she like more ratchet. Like, that's the funny thing about this this show. She is a white girl and she's like more ratchet. They go out of a way to be more ratchet, talk more black than Zola ever right, does right. in the film, right? So, yeah, they just become quick friends and, you know, she's just like, hey, you know what I mean? We we go into to Florida, we're just doing this the show for one night. We just hit this club and, you know, we're going to make X amount of cash. Um, this is my boyfriend. Um, this is... Derek, who's played by Nicholas Braun, I didn't even know that he was in the show. I was like, all right, yeah, you in this, right? And then, well, her friend, who is played by Coleman Domingo, he's also from Marini's Black Bottom. He played Cutler. I was like, oh yeah, right. yeah, you in this right. too. But you know, like, right. again, I just for I just forgot that it was that guy, right? But yeah, um, I won't say who his character's name is because, like, in the credits, he's he's called Exter, you know what I mean? But the, there's there's a there's a reason why being when he actually reveals what his name is, it's probably one of the funniest moments in the movie, right? But yeah, all all that aside, though, is like, all right, well, this is my boyfriend, this is my friend, well, sort of manager in a sense. So we're going down to Florida, right? So you know they do their thing, right? And then Stephanie, while while the show going on, Stephanie's like, you know, taking pics and all that kind of stuff now, right? And you know, 
just like, well, you know, we were taking pics for us. Like, oh, you know, we we here at this club, we having fun, right? You know what I mean? Shaking ass and tits and all that kind of stuff, right? And then afterwards, X dropped this bombshell now. Well, basically, it kind of starts off, I don't want to spoil too much, where it kind of stuff we've seen, she had to do this job, right? She have to go and service this client, basically, right? Um, You know, we just for like about uh, 50 minutes, whatever it is, she get paid and that's it, right? And then the bombshell is dropped now. X so X basically kinda come kinda comes off now as yeah, I'm I'm basically Stefani's pimp, right? right? So the job really is just for her to just make all this cash in one night. So yeah, she's just gonna hit all these clients. But I should say before before that really, um Zola just to kinda help her out because you know Stephanie keeps saying, I've I have a kid, I have a kid, I have a kid. So Zola's like, all right, here's what, right? We we you know we we're gonna use well basically it was this app, this this now defunct app called Backpage. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a thing. Yeah. That was a thing, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. That was a thing, that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, that's that's how she used to get her clients, right? But Zola kind of find a way to kind of get more clients, right, in one night, right? So Things hit off. So X is like, all right, cool. So use basically like my 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 assistant pimp in a sense, right? But at the same time, I should I should make I should let you all know this. Um Zola just kind of finds herself in this trap because no, she does not want to be a part of this at all. She just wanted right. to do the dancing and that was it. Now she trapped in this thing with this guy, and it's like basically if she leaves, she gets killed, right? So yeah, we just basically following I um Zola and Stefani. As she do, she's just doing all these jobs and whatnot, and it gets more and more dangerous and more and more sleazy as as the you know nights follow, right? And um, Derek, no, he just can't he just can't handle it at all. He's just like kind of freaking out about it. Cause like you know, my girlfriend doing all this kind of stuff, though. You know what I mean? But at the heart of it all is all about Zola and just how she's dealing with all this insanity. That was stuff here, right? So yes, folks, the the, the premise for this and just how they play it off, though. Is every bit as dark and just the, uh, really what makes this work though is the approach, the, the darkly comic approaches. Because yeah, this right. is essentially a black comedy, and uh, for me, there's no other way the show could have played out at all. It, it just had to be that right. way, right? Um, but this is some really incredibly dark material, <laughs> like, but um, darkly says that it could happen to anyone, you know, what I mean, if if you know, just to be cliche, but yeah, this is so. Like something that could easily happen to somebody in a sense, you know what I mean? But you know, I, I like the fact that they kind of play it off like at first, you take it as this kind of like crazy road trip, like, oh yeah, we're going to Florida and gonna wild out and make money and all kind of stuff there. And then it's just like boom, when that that, that bombshell hit, it's like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you just kind of take it, all right, well, you know, it's just all the sex stuff basically, you do, know, but it gets dark from that point though and even in the dark moments there's like this moments of humor trend um so let's talk about the the the, the uh, performances for a bit though so i mean yes i i, I praise the looks of teela page though but acting wise i thought that she was great here though she really shines here um yeah. some great voiceover stuff and and you know um you really do buy into her predicament basically and just how she had to deal with it right um, Riley Keo, I thought that she was she was great as well. Like at, at first, she just came off like the annoying, you know, what I mean wannabe ratchet, um, bad Barbie ish right. kind of car white girl. But right. you know, when you learn more about it, it's like wow, like it she just up, yeah. yeah, like she is in this trap still though. So even though she's fronting and that in that kind of way, you kind of understand given the nature of the show why she have to do that, right? Um, Nicholas Brondo, who plays Derek, um. 
if I just have like a this this is a minor gripe though, I, I didn't really quite feel his character though because I felt like he came off a little too much, not so much like a man child, but more like all right, I just really don't know how to respond to situations. So I'm trying to be aggressive, I'm trying to be angry, but it just comes off painfully awkward, which I guess is the point of the character though. And you see it happen in certain moments though, where it's like he's just trying to to be like trying to tell his girlfriend, no, I don't want you doing this though. But this comes off like dog, like why it is why why are you trying to be so hard that everybody keep telling that why are you trying to be so hard that? But um there's a little subplot involving like how he's just so obsessed with like TikTok videos, right? Well, it's okay, so it's pre TikTok, right? Basically, is like, right, I right. think it's like more IG it's videos Vine. that he watched, right? Yeah, well, it, it, it Vine. Vine. yes, it was Vine videos. Wow, wow, yeah, I forgot that, about that Vine. Vine. I yeah, forgot that. about Vine. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he's just obsessed over Vine videos, though, and you can kind of understand why, you know what I mean? But that's all I'll say. Yeah. And one thing the show does very well, though, it shows the just how addicted we are to 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 social media, how we addicted. Right. How addicted we are to Twitter, right? So ever so often you will always hear these these Twitter pings. You know what I mean? You'll you'll literally see characters mouth out the the, the um the text that they said out through Facebook, right? So it just really shows how overly dependent we are on social media. Now. And then right. like, you know, just to 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 feel like you belong. So it's like, you know, really, yeah, I'm I'm having fun and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it's stuff that us millennials is kinda you know, critique, you know, Gen Z is for though, but it's a real thing. It's a real, real, real thing though. Um, but I also like that the show does not spend so much time shoving that down your throat. Like, is that old people tell you, oh, social media is bad and this is why because, you know, it, it you know, it just kind of cuts off human interaction. It's not that type of show, right? Um, nor is it a show kind of telling you, oh, well, you know, the dangers of the internet, right? This is not cyberbully. This is not mechanism missing, right? Um, kids ask their parents. Right. This is something totally different. It's just like, okay, this is so unbelievable. I know, but it happened. It happened because we're telling you it happened, right? And it's not so much like this could happen to you, but this is like the reality of things, right? It's... And that's one thing I really praise the show for. It just kind of sheds a light on this the dark side of, you know, what you would see in terms of, well, you know, for, for lack of a better term, the, the, the sex industry, right? Um, yeah. From stripping to actually, you know, doing sexual acts and whatnot, right? It really does shine a light on that, yeah? Because, you know, at first you just take it, well, it's because you looks and you want money fast and all that kind of thing, but it goes way deep than that, right? And in no way is this movie like preaching to you and saying, this is why you shouldn't be a stripper or a sex worker, blah, blah, blah. It's just, this is the scenario and this is what happened, right? And yeah, there were moments where I was like, wait, this really didn't happen though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. too fantastical or overly impossible, eh? But still, how things play out, it was just like, wow, boy, like, that's how it is, wait, jeez, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy like that though, but really it's Taylor and Riley who hold this film down though. And um points for Coleman Domingo though. Um there's a reveal of his character that is both dark and messed up and funny as hell at the same time. I was just like, all right, all right, all right, you, you, you sold it to me, you sold it to me. Cause he is a scumbag trend, but he is just so laughable and so over the top though. It's just like, yeah, you know, really reminds me a lot like um Oh gosh, and this show itself reminds me a lot too of uh, Spring Breakers, right? Which is right, which I right. remember yeah, hearing as one of my favorite yeah. 
guilty pleasure films of the the 2010s there. And, it, and well, fun fact, um, actually, a lot of people have praised as one of the best movies of the 2010s, and I don't believe in them at all, right? The, 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 the praise is much easier. But you know, at first glance, you kind of watch it like, wow, this is kind of glorifying sex and, you know what I mean, teenagers, right. party and all that kind of stuff. But no, folks, it goes way deeper than that. that that's the point. It's the allure of it, right? And that's what he showed. I know that's what Zula does very well as well. Uh, as well, it um, and you know it 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 makes sense why you have a female director involved. So this is Janiska yeah. Bravo. Um, and yeah, it totally makes sense to have a woman helm this because if a guy did this, I felt like you know he probably would have you know probably indulged a little too much in the stripping scenes. Well, basically, you, you don't know. <laughs> I, I felt mean, he would have gone a little too far there. You know? Yeah, it, there's, there's a kind of weird argument about if we have a kind of double standard for that. Like, remember with Cuties, Cuties is a female director and everybody still yeah. kind of come down and she for it. Eh, halfway up. I don't, I still, not yeah. That. Yeah, right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but, but, um, you know, I mean, but I, yeah, I, I personally think, though, you know, it, it makes perfect sense that a woman will helm this. So, because even in, um, like, you know, the, the, the stripping scenes, as, you know, alluring as they are visually, you could tell, like, there's a sense of, all right, you know, the meal, like, okay, I would say the meal geese, you know, it, it, it's like that. There's right, not right, right. that much meal geese in, in this film at all, though. And, you know, they kind of severed that a lot. I'm not going to say how, but you will see it, right? Uh, you'll see the female geese the worst times of the film, especially when it comes to, to you know, to men, right? Especially, well, naked men, right? That's all I'll say, right? But, yeah, though, um, how she, she handles these moments were, were done very well, though. Um, it's shot very well. Um, it has that film green look to it too, which right. I felt like alluded to you know seventies and eighties grindhouse films. Um, you know, like uh, I would I would say like not comparing this to those films, but you know, for lack of better terms, you know, these sort of like um, low budget sort of porn films of those eras that we just like the right. sleazy films, right? That used to show in you know like schlocky films that used to show around that, that era basically, right? It feels like it's not like so much paying tribute to those films, but just kind of capturing the, the the vibe of those, right? So like even like when you see the opening title of Zola, it, it feels like you're watching some some 70s skin flick or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, the music I thought was great as well. Um, this guy, uh, Michael Levy, I didn't even know he was he was working on this. If you remember, he did right. the score for Under the Skin, right? Um, you right. know, he does this great sort of nocturnal synth music as well but what he does well is that he incorporates like these trap drums now so it has the feel of like watching some again some sleazy 80s flick but the trap music in the background now make it feel very contemporary as well too so i thought that was like a nice choice and um there's some a, a few artistic moments that's all i see as far as like editing and visuals and sound design and all kind of stuff i know for some people they might, they might just kind of watch it's like all right well it doesn't need to be that way though like i know it's e24 and you know they have a, a standard met as far as artistic films for commercial consumption goes right but you know it, it, it could kind of feel at times for, for some viewers not for me like all right like like we, we really need this shot do we really need this visual right. really need this like it could express it some other way but i was like all right this is the director this is her vision this is how she sees it so i guess for me like for me personally like, if i watch this film again which i do intend to moments like that would would make sense but i know for some they might just kind of watch like oh this is some kind of artsy film 
disguised as some stripper film, you know what I mean? It's a woke film, that, that kind of thing, right? I, I'm not even going to get into that argument, though. It tells a story. It doesn't even stay that long. It runs for, like, roughly an hour, 25 minutes. And it just entertains throughout, though. And just lastly, before I get to written, if I just have another gripe, though, I feel like the ending could have been a lot stronger. Without spoiling it, this kind of stops, like, yeah, that's just how it goes, the end, right? right. <laughs> but right. because I'm not familiar with the, the story itself, like, I, I still feel like there was, you know, more, t- more like, we you know, like, we wanted to see, like, a, a, a denouement as to what happened afterwards. Just like, well, eh, yeah. the end, right? <laughs> which I guess, which kind of makes sense, given, you know, like, the, the, the whole vibe of the film, like, again, like, oh, well, this is the reality, folks. It's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. But still, we could have gotten a stronger ending. But for what it would do, I, I really enjoyed this, though. Um, this was totally entertaining, though. Uh, you know, Taylor Page, she shined throughout all of this, though. It's very, very, very funny as well, too, but in a dark way. So um, I would say, you know, we go in, just, just prepare for, you know, some sleazy, you know, NSFW, you know, content and subject matter, though. But right. again... That's just the will of this show here. That's what they're presenting. It's based off of a real life incident. So what you see, exa- what you see here is exactly what you're gonna get here, right? So that's right, what it is. Right, right. So for me, rating wise, I'm gonna give this a decent, to a strong four out of five, man. Um, right. I don't quite see it yet as a best of, as yet, yet, yet. But um, this is one of a feel, you know what I mean? Just like with No Sun Move, with more views, I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah, this this have to be there. But um, this certainly lived up to the hype because there was a lot of hypes around this film. Though a lot of people gave it praise, and you know, I was just I was just waiting for it to actually come out um, on VOD though, because it came out theatrically a while back. Now I was just like, well, when are we gonna see it? And it finally like literally came out yesterday. Time is recording here, so I'm glad. Um, but yeah, I I do honestly recommend that you you give it a look though. Just once again, just know what you're gonna get yourself into if you're not into you know content that's sleazy and salacious you wouldn't really like it um but still though because of just how outrageous the story is and how real it is when you really think about it you know that yeah that that will stick with you long after the movie wraps up so yeah by all means definitely check out zola man so last but not least way let's finally talk about masters of the universe revelation and just to get this out yeah. of the way, guys, this is not He-Man and the Masters of the Universe revelation, right? <laughs> so we just kind of sell, sell ourselves out a little bit here. So Ricardo, if you don't mind, I just want you to do the synopsis for this one. But I'll begin by saying just a couple things, right? So for one, um, I am not the biggest fan of He-Man, right? Of, of the franchise itself. I literally grew up on the character, like, when I was, right. like, what, four or five years old, and we only had right. one station on TV. I remember this shit being on TV. I watched it. I remember she was there. I watched it. But, like, many um, 80s shows, I never got back into them. Like, I, I never recapped them. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to, to 90s shows now, like, say, Batman, the animated series, or, right. you know, Swat Cats, or Freakazoid, you know what I mean, or Gargoyles. I would go back to those, right? Because I have a, a much richer history seeing those those shows, right? Um, especially with syndication. Uh, but He-Man was just never something that I got back into. But, you know, because of right. how popular he was in, in pop culture, it was just like, well, yeah, I, I kind of get the gist. I know who He-Man is. And, you know, I know who She-Ra, I know who Skeletor is, you know what I mean, and whatnot. But, you know, 
clearly after the success of you know she ready princesses of power which i i saw after the fact and totally enjoyed actually you know yeah. it was only a matter of time that we uh, until we got this one right but what i thought going but- in as soon as you heard Kevin Spit was going to do his his he man right, I thought that this was going to be a continuation of Shira. That it was going to have the same animation style, same sort of TV Y seven fourteen audience that kind of thing, Gen Z audience basically. I thought it was going to be like that now, but actually when the first trailer drop is like, well, sorry, when the first animation stills come, I was like, no, this is going to very this is very well going to be like the original series. And when we talk about the original, we mean like the 85, 86 show, right? Um, right. Or should say 83 to 85 or however long that show ran for, right? So it's like, okay, okay. So it's like this continuation of that. All right, cool. Then with the trailer drop, Jaws on the floor, music, the visuals, hearing Mark Hamill play Skeletor, hearing Chris Wood say, I have the power. I was like, Wood, and we, everything was just clicking, right? So we just right. couldn't wait until this movie, sorry, until this show came out, right? But I was hearing through the grapevine now that, you know, people, like, you know, there's rumblings in, in, in social media that this is not going to be the He-Man show that you expect. It's going to be totally different. It's going to be more woke because it's 2021, y'all, and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, look, it's a He-Man show. It's based off of our 80 show. Y'all deal with it, right? Like, again, I am not a hardcore fan of the show. I don't have He-Man toys. I've never had a He-Man toy. I've, I've had, like, a shitty... You know, Chinese ripoff that I that I got for Christmas, right? right? That that's the closest I got, right? Whatever. So, <laughs> I am not emotionally invested in this property, right? So I was like, all right, let me just wait for Revelation to come out, and we'll see. And last thing I'll say before we get to your quick history in He-Man and the synopsis is the resp- the is the reception afterwards, because right now, currently, uh, it has a ninety four percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a thirty percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And there have been right. videos since since this since this half of a season ago. We really got five episodes, right? Dropped yesterday. Of people saying, you know, Kevin Smith lied to the fans, and Kevin Smith's a fucking liar, and he lied because it's not about he man, it's not about him. How can you and- do this, Kevin Smith? And I I I just like fascinated by all of this to like, wow, this is how deep this fandom is though but yeah, no, i could no, understand no. though given how this show plays out why you know people will be kicking up kicking up a fuss online but anyway yes. ricardo yeah, you're no, that's, that's yeah um i it's one of those things that just kind of come before my time i have no working memory of him like I just, I know the show, I kind of see it sometimes, but I don't have a working memory of it, really. It's okay, it's fine, but like, I never really loved it, to, to be honest. Um, you know, it had other shows that was cooler than it that never was, that ever took off marketable-wise. As more of a G.I.G. Transformer person, personally, Tanda the Barbarian was always cooler to me than him and whatever. Right, um, right. But yeah, it's a franchise that just kind of was, it's, it had staying power, right? They had the 90s He-Man, which is utter filth, terrible. Horrible, but then had, horrible. Yeah, but it, then he had the two, early 2000s He-Man, which was solid. Um, really, really good show, actually, yeah. to be honest. Um, and uh, you know, it's only, like, recently I, I learned, because I, I honestly haven't seen it. I saw, I saw ple- uh, pieces of it, basically, but I didn't know it was cancelled right. after after one yeah, season. Yeah. Oh, that, that real yeah, it, 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 much like with the Thundercat show, it didn't get much of a shake, to be honest. Um, you know, people like to people like to say they're watching it, but then they don't actually watch it. And people had much less of an excuse uh, back then, because not like the internet took off then. This was, what, 2002? Anyway, whatever. Um, 
Then this new show came out, and I was like, all right, it's Kevin Smith. I want to see what he's going to do with it. I expected, but I knew that he had to have a good follow-up to the Shira Princess of Power thing. I didn't expect a direct continuity, but I expected something workable in the story. And then he, when I saw the, the actual trailer, I was like, okay, they're doing the Castlevania thing where it's all about emotions and they had to take people seriously and it's an arc and whatever it is. And yeah, I oh, said, and oh, by the way, it's, it's um, the same animation studio. Same, uh, right, same animation studio. studio. Yeah. yeah, same animation studio. It's, it's it, it looking good. You know, it, it is what it is. And yeah, that's a, well, getting the show itself, I think it's okay. Right. I have, I have my problems with it and I'm going to explain what those problems are. Uh, but yeah, as yeah. Well, what, itself, what is it, what is it about in a nutshell? In right, a nutshell, so what, what this is what, about? What happens? What happens is that it starts off with, with Skeletor directly attacking Castle Gear Skull, um, He Man and his crew because it follows more or less directly from the eighty show. So He Man has the full sword of power. It, it's not like two of them sharing the sword or anything like that. And he Skeletor decides to directly attack the um, Castle Gear Skull. You learn a secret about Castle Grayskull, which it's not really Castle Grayskull, but you learn why it's called Castle Grayskull a little later. And then, basically, Skeletor destroys, I forget what it is, the Orb of Might or whatever it is. I forget the actual, you know, McGuffin. Yeah, I, I, I forgot too, to be honest. Anyway, but it's, it's, it basically um, destroys it with a be this very dangerous explosion that would probably destroy the whole planet or something along those lines. And He-Man decides to... Um, split the sword of power and then siphon it off and he's destroyed. Um, also Skeletor's destroyed as well. That's it. That's like the big thing in the first episode. Like, holy shit, they actually kill off the main character as we understand him. Uh, and then they switch to Tila, right? And she's the, kind of the locus of the storyline. Um, in the second episode and the third episode, they focus on her. You learn the aftermath of it and they kind of focus on her arc of having to basically re- revitalize the world because, because of Skeletor's actions, uh, there's no magic in the world anymore. Well, at least magic is running out. So it's very scarce, and it can end up messing up the world, and then technology can reign in supreme. And that's how the, a lot of the fighting and the, the combat and the, the main arc is about. And they resolved that arc within five episodes, which I like, because it's, even though all the usual idiots who don't actually watch this stuff, um, but they just know how to outrage and, and fake outrage and make a claim, it's not the Taylor show, right? It focuses a couple episodes on Taylor. We get a little bit of that, but it's not the Taylor show, right? So that's it. it. It comes back full circle. It comes back and we get... The, what, what happens at the end of the fifth episode is awesome. I love it, personally. Um, Me too. Me but, too. Caught, but, caught, it, yeah. will, it caught yeah. us by surprise, I believe. It will catch you by surprise. Too. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, but it, it, it works for what it is. And because it's not a whole season, it's the first half. I was like, yeah, this makes sense for, for, for five episodes. Like at the fifth episode, I expect some shit like that to happen. And that's what happens. They focus a little bit on Tila. It's not the Tila show. Cut the shit, please. And it's um, it just does what it, it has to do in terms of the story. And it, it makes sense. Now, this is where I'm going to get to about problems. This is my problems with it. Some of the pacing is kind of bad, right? I, I felt a lot of the emotional beats. It's not that it rushed too much, but it's more hurried. Like, so it gets from point A to point B a little too quickly. And I, I feel a lot of those emotional beats always feel earned. And even though I don't think Tila is the worst thing to ever worse, like some idiots on the internet will say, um, her indignation is not earned at all. Like, her being angry is just kind of ridiculous, to be honest. I kind of really kind of hated her or why she was angry. I get it, but it's totally, like, unwarranted, given the situation, in my opinion, right? 
given the situation, feels completely unwarranted. That's how I felt about the Tila character. She's okay. She's not as interesting, ultimately. Her whole bag is just being outraged because of what happens at the end of the first episode. And then she kind of just, it sticks to her. And I was like, yeah, you, you know, you can kind of let this go, right? Like, at a certain point, it's getting a little ridiculous in my opinion. But whatever, it's fine. Um, I dug it for what it was. And it's good action, decent characterization, but I felt it needed more connectors to 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 have it you know, feel earned. Why is that these characters doing what they're doing? Like, we, we, they make us care about all these characters, and they put in way more depth than the old 80 show. But I felt they could have just given us a little more connected to have it earned a little better. It, because, because all these episodes are real short, and it's only five episodes. So, I get it. And it had a, one continuity problem I had with it, which didn't really make sense to me. I don't know how that happened. But everything else was fine by me. And again, because at the end of the fifth episode, it's pretty damn awesome. I love that. It, it, it led to that it's pretty awesome. Again, little complaints about, hey, you know, if we do this, other characters should be, like, doing action to make sense of it and, and do something that should make a little more sense in the situation. But other than that, it's not a problem. It's still like 80s cartoon. It still feels like Ima. It's fine. Um, that's how I feel about it, as it is. Here's our first half of the season. It, it didn't wrap up yet. So, good. Right, right. I, I it's, agree it's, with you, Mark. Is it, is it Castlevania problem? It's the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, for me, I I understand. I agree with you for the most part, right? Um, for me though, where like if I have like gripes though, I felt like the the dialogue was on you know wasn't the best written, I would say. But yeah. at times I, it I, feels like intentional because you right, know it's right. E-Man, guys. Exactly. It's an exactly. eighty show, so we have to talk this way because it it's like an eighty show, man. And at times it just kind of come off like, all right, because nah, but this is there's some it, terrible writing though. Yeah, that's just dialogue. It, that's what I mean. Dialogue. Yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't skew as young as the Shira show, but it still skews pretty young, and it skewed a lot younger than I expected. Because I was expecting Castlevania, and it's not that. It's 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 really skewing a lot younger than Castlevania, um, yeah. so that that's why that's why I didn't um, have a problem with any of that. It's like okay, who this for? Okay, I know who this for. Fine, it works. Right, right, right. Um, also, too, I do agree with you with with Tila's character. Um, yeah, her just being so pissed off at you know a character. We're not gonna say who or why, but it was right. just like, well, really, like like that's it though. Yeah. Like, of of all the big no, because, reasons though, because yeah, and it it. Like, they'll try to make it off like, well, you know, this was something that she should have known ever in the original series, but no, it didn't I feel like it had that much weight. It was just like, well, wait, no, exactly. you know really that? Really? No, but I, that, that's, not, that's not the issue. My issue is that given the time frame involved, because I'm not sure how much time passed between the first episode and the second episode, but it feels like a long time. Like, it feels at least, at least 75 years or something like that, because the world changed a lot. And then one of the characters mentioned my grandfather. As if it's a stuff of legend. I think, wait, what? How much time passed exactly? Right? You know, I, I, it was kind of con- confusing to me now. So I was like, wait, after all that time, you can't forget after it? Like, that's real time, though. Like, you know, I, I, that was my problem. And then the, the other character, she, I thought she was interesting. I, I think Adrana, I forget her name exactly. Andra, Andra. Andra, yeah. I thought, I, I thought she was a great character. And she was interesting. Like, you know, her context. Like, I felt the, the story could probably should have focused on her more. Um, so yeah, like, oh, She's the, the audience surrogate learning about this stuff. But we don't really get that. It's like, oh, it's just Tila's story. And then it's about her relation to Manatams and all of that stuff, right? Uh, Manatams was pretty awesome. Thought he was great in this. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's voiced by, by Liam, Liam Cunningham. So yeah. glad to um, see a, a Gabe Truth character um, actor. Right. Um, alongside Lena Heady, who is in it as well, too, right. by the way, yeah, was 
was pitch perfect though as, as Evelyn. Evelyn yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a match yeah. made in heaven. Like yep, that's Evelyn. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Hamill was good as Skeletor. Um, you know he still sounds a little too much like Joker. That's right. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. He still yeah. sounds like Mark Hamill Joker, right? He doesn't yeah, sound yeah, like, too much like you know cackling right. Skeletor, Hammy Skeletor from the series, you know? Exactly. So, but I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, especially when when you you learn what happens with Skeletor at the end. I thought that was all right. That's fine. Like where it goes, and it's that's not going to be the thing. Uh he man himself was pretty good. I, I, I like his voice actor. I like I like his arc. Like what it did with him, and then when you find out about the other champions. And you, you understand, you find out why it's called Grayskull. And I actually like that when they reveal who that was. I was like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, uh, there's one great episode I, I genuinely love. That's the episode where they went to the underworld. The, where the hell oh, that, that is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, that is my favorite episode great, as well, yeah. Great episode. Because and the antagonist, though. The antagonist right. for that. Um, yeah, as familiar as he looked, yeah. I was like, yeah. I, I love this. I love this. Um, Scareglow's design. Yeah, Scareglow. Yeah. Uh, I was like, holy shit, they actually make Scare look amazing. Though. It's like one of my favorite design stro- Yeah, great character mm. design. Uh, but uh, uh, they actually make, they actually make it give a shit about fucking awkward, right? What the hell? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Awkward, oh. The yeah. character is like, oh, we just have to have the goofy character because they eat his car too. They gave him, they gave him a purpose too. Right. Um, and, uh, and what to do? Like, who, like, who um, voice, who voice Square, Scare Glue? Um, oh gosh, I have the tip of my mind. Um, oh, I, it's, oh, it, it's, it's, it's Tony Todd. Tony Todd, it's yeah, Tony that was it. Yep. Yeah, that was yep. it. I was like, okay, yeah, they're not Tony Todd trying to take my hot man. Because I, didn't, I didn't read the um the credits after this. I just skipped the next episode now. Like, okay, 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 okay. cool. Yeah. yeah, as I say, good music. Bear McCary, can't go wrong with Bear, Bear oh, McCary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Top, Bear, Bear McCary just yeah. did, did his thing. He did his yeah. thing with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. top top stuff. I, I dug it for it was. Yeah, I um I, I had no issues with it. Um, you know, ignore the usual you know, idiots who just piling on in the internet. They, they, as usual, it's just you know performative outrage that I have zero patience for. Um, this right, is fine. I'll, I'll, I'll end up the review with my thoughts on that. But what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have almost no patience for that kind of performative outrage. It's, it's fine. It, it does what it has to do. The again, it's, it's a full half of a season, so it, it just tells a detailed arc. The biggest problem I have with it is just the pace, and I felt they could have paced it out a little better and dropped those emotional beats a little better. Um, for what it is. But yeah, I, I dug the hell out of this for what it is. It's fine. It's fine. It's solid. It's fine. All right. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. It, it's fine for what it is. I mean, again, not emotionally invested in this, in this property, but for what it is, though, as far as like a as an update and a continuation of the series, I think it's as good as it could be, in my opinion. Um, I, I mean, and, and I've seen this because, again, I'm not like the biggest fan, so I can't pick this show and be like, well, you know, this is what Prince Adam should be doing years after no. the, the, the last series ended. Like, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that. And the, the choices that they may do in terms of where our main characters go, that would be like He-Man, Skeletor, you know, Teela, um, you know, well, Duncan, A.K. Uh, Man right. at Arms. I thought was 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 smart though. Like just, it, it's just clever progression as far as the characters go. Like they right. can't do the same. They can't be the same characters that they were back in the eighties. I mean, come on though, they can't do that, right? Um, I was surprised by the emphasis on like certain side tier characters like Orko, also um, Roboto, who was played by um, Justin Long. I was like, what? Right, you right, 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 right. You were just right. Yeah. I mean, um, and. Admittedly, because I just kind of know them as characters and don't know anything about them law-wise, I just kind of treated the emotional moments, uh, focus on them. I just treated as 
all right well it kind of has to be this way because it's such beloved characters especially orca right so i'm not gonna be like ruling my eyes like oh gosh well, nobody cares man you know what i mean but you know what they did with with those with um with, with those characters were really great as well um i do agree with you um there are some piecing issues uh i guess this is like a netflix animated series thing that's not right. you know non-comedy thing you know what i mean so you have to have the dramatic moments and that scene you, you can't have it but sometimes they, they they have this sort of odd piece like you know you, you, yeah. you could be going through the motions and all of a sudden you'll just suddenly stop and have some moment of clarity or whatnot just out of the blue <laughs> and it just kind of happens ever so often right um the voice acting was was top-notch short though um lena headley Hedley, uh, sorry i thought that she she killed it as eva lindo um sarah michelle geller she plays tila yeah she right, was, right she was yeah. good just good. Right, yeah. Um, good. Everybody did the thing, man. Um, I, you know, Mark Hamill still had, still is, you know, still had the Joker voice. Unfortunately, you know, with, with Skeletor, but I like when he was on. Oh, you could tell, like, you could tell, like, when every time he he delivered his lines, he was just having a blast too. Um, even oh gosh, this guy who who voiced Batman, um, Kevin Conroy, he he made right. appearance too, and it's just like, yeah, I know the character, but at the same time, it's, Conroy, it's, it's, it's he played a uh, merman. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it's still like, yeah, it's, it's still Batman, though, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I was glad to hear Kevin Michael Richardson, who played one of my right. favorite characters, Beastman, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. It was just like, and it's just like all these characters that you kind of forget were in the series and were toys initially, like Stinkor and Mossman and all that kind of stuff. Right. I love what you show this kind of treat to that as well. In this world, they're characters, and they're like, ha. Like, you have a character called Stinkor, that's stupid. Uh, or, you know, the show kind of acts like, okay, well, you know, we would really take it straight back in the 80s. But no, 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 they, they know, they are aware of the fan base. It's like, all right, Stinkor is here because he's a character in this world. And I particularly like what they did with him and the character of Triclops. Um, right. They had this, this yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't, uh, I robot that... cult thing, right, cyber yeah, cult kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty cool with Trapjaw and... Uh... Uh, yeah, trap jaw. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and, and and triclops. Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was an interesting premise. Like, oh, you're, yeah, you're, you're super paranoid about thing, and then or let them just drag in skeleton, you know, from beyond the grave, right? You know, it says, yeah, you're just kind of incompetent and an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I like how you know characters talk about the leads themselves. Well, He Man was you know just this teenager who just dropped these one liners, even though he right. looked tough, right? And Skeletor was just incompetent, even though he had all these like big will dominating plans or whatever it is, like you know, ruling, um, you know, acquiring the the um, the sword and uh, you know, taking over Castle Grayskull and all that good stuff, right? Animation I thought was solid for the most part, though. Um, no, no, you know. Half-assed <laughs> animation, mo- animated moments at all. You know what I mean? And the story itself, while it did take its while to, you know, to to move, um, I I dug where it was going. You know what I mean? I, I dug, you know, the, the the stuff that was taking place, and and how it, you know, even though you know the whole thing with with He-Man, um, which I'll get into before I get to to the reading now. I like that it was still about him, even though at times he wasn't there in 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 his presence wasn't there basically. But it was still about the legacy and what he really meant. And I, I thought that was a really smart call. And in, in kind of turns it just seeing, yes, you can look at the E.T. show and be like, okay, was this uh, just some dumb way to sell toys? But we're going to really make you understand all years because of what happened to him. And, oh, this is why he was relevant. And this is why you should care, right? So, so I dug the, the, the emphasis on why these characters matter. Even right now to Skeletor too, right? So 
the finale itself though where, what they do with that though caught me completely by surprise as i said though i think it was awesome it was bold and one thing about this show though is that um it's not like adult adult oriented though like you know like like teens could still kind of watch this is more like a you know a 14 up or whatever it is rating or 13 right. up but there's still some particularly dark moments too, and that in particular was dark and i have to give credit where credit is due for like just having any balls to do it and again you know what i mean as i said this is just the first half too so wait it out and see what the next uh, how how things play out afterwards right which leads to my big talk now uh, uh, sorry I'll, I'll not even big i just small talk now about the, the the controversy right about the lack well basically the whole controversy is 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 the tila show he man's barely in the show man how could you right. deceive us kevin james how could you do this sorry kevin smith oops i said kevin james that's wow right okay. yeah how could you do this smith why look yes i could see the fanboyism in the show right especially from smith he doesn't shy away from that he's a fanboy right yeah, he will yeah. throw all these deep cuts and all these kind of things. They could tell like he is passionate about this. He's not just doing this because you know he he grew up or he was like you know like a, a kid or a teenager when when that shit was big, right? He, he's he's clearly passionate about, right? Now I don't know all the full details as to what it is he say, but you know I felt like the whole decision about having a lack of He-Man, so to speak, is just kind of narratively to the show. Yeah, why why do we need He-Man? Why should we still care yeah, about He-Man? Exactly. It's not perfectly executed, I would say that. Like, I would admit there were moments where I was like, well, you know, still, still, He-Man could have come in here, though. But I'll attribute that to peace, and really. Like, I felt like right. when he comes back, so to speak, um, that, that should have been a little sooner. Not when it happens. Not literally on the end of the mid, you know, the half now, you know what I mean? I felt that could have happened a little earlier, right? Just to be, if, if, I, if I had to be honest, right? But right. this whole thing like is the Teela show, and you know why? Why you have characters talking about? Oh, I don't need men. Like why you have Lee, um, Evelyn talking about? Oh, I never need a skeleton man, and you know we and and oh gosh, so, so I, I don't want to get pissed off. So, so one of the minor issues with the show that you know I have a feeling people are gonna blow up even more over the next few days though is the queer meeting between Teela and um and Androna, because okay. I, I don't yeah, know, like I the do. first time I see them. I was like, all right, they, 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 oh, because there's like a, like, just like a blink in your missing moment where it's like, okay, maybe there could be a couple, but afterwards it's just like, they, yeah, they're besties, with that. they're just besties, that, that's how I saw it. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly, but my, my thing is that they say that, and it, I suppose it's there if you want to look for it, but, like, they, they didn't have, like, Evelyn and thing wasn't talking about their man, and, you know, you have, you have a man in your life and all that bullshit, so, like, all right, well, you know, yeah, she had a, he kind of weird haircut, whatever it is, he shave haircut on the side, but like I didn't read it as that. I mean, if you want to read it as that, fine, but I didn't see it, however. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I picked up on his shaved haircut to the back with, with Tila and all too, but still I was like, well, oh gosh, man. So so just because you see that you wanted this automatically label as a lesbian, you're like, again, I, I, I don't know, I don't right. know, I don't know, right? I'm not invested, right? Not invested in material. That's, no, he has a problem with that. Is that people, people, he has a problem. Is that people like to jump to coding. So they like to immediately think, oh, this is coding. And look, coding is a thing in, in visual language. I totally understand why you would do it or not do it in, in some story. But you don't have to do it. A, a simple example, even though it's not the best example because people like real bullshit this thing too. Mass Effect Andromeda. You have a character, a female character, who 
was quote unquote queer coded the entire time, and then you realize no, the character straight. It's fine. It's not a twist. They didn't play it like a twist or anything like that. It's just the audience had an expectation, and then that's it. That's how I saw it. Um, you just it's well for right. you. You don't have to yeah. over, overdo it. The, but the problem is that people like people so tusky and, and have this weird shipping culture on the internet. That's what kind of killed that now. However, moving on. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it it has to be about he man, man. And you know, like even the show itself smartly kind of calls itself out on on its own bullshit. Though, so you have like literally a ba- a, a flashback scene, which. From from what I could tell, is very reminiscent of how the old show was. You know, I mean, right down to the one-liners and all that kind of stuff, and the goofy humor and all that kind of stuff. Now, and I was right. like, all right, that that makes sense. They kind of poking fun at itself and showing how it is now, right? So I'm just gonna say something here, and then and then we wrap up, right? So if you want to get mad at me for that, fine. But again, I am not a I am not emotionally invested in this, right? Look, if you love this property, you know, props to you, right? Much love, right? But that was a product of its time. That was in the 80s. Yeah. So for you now to see in 2020, right, when the announcement, I believe it was either 2020 or 2019, when the announcement came out that we we're going to get this He-Man show, right, in, on Netflix from, you know, Kevin, uh, from Kevin Smith. Right. In your head, right, you know it's not going to be exactly like how it is it would have been in the past, right? And that's not to say that people like diehard fans aren't going to expect that. Fine, right? But you know they have to make certain changes, right? So, okay, you know like the fact that, you know, we didn't see enough of He-Man and all that kind of stuff. But it's not like the show like flat out forgets about him, you know. Like, it kind of, again, shows his legacy and what he means now. So when he it's comes back, so episodes. to speak, it makes sense. Right, it's again. Three, and then, it's, it's like well, well, five episodes, episodes yeah. No, what you No, the time in which you, 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 had, you wasn't seeing him. Right, right. It's, well, it's yeah. like two or three episodes. Like, who gives a shit? Like, they're acting as if the man out to the show entirely, you know? Exactly. Like, I, I, yeah. What? Yeah. Who yeah, cares? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's telling a story. Yeah. It, it makes and, sense in terms of the arc. Whatever. Right. And then, and then now, again, this is just the first half of the season. Thank now, you. if the second season comes out now and you see, you know, less of He-Man again, okay, okay, now I can come and say, all right, well, what is all they're doing here? But this is just the first half, guys. Calm down, calm down. Exactly. Are you that so invested? That does, I, okay, so one thing, is, so two things I want to say, right? So one, is it that all they're so, 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 so invested in this character of He-Man Dread? That any change done to it, any logistic change done to help progress the story, whether it's whether you like it or not, right? like any any decision to just do things like that will just trip all you off. Like, no, it's it it must be like the way it must be. You know what I mean? Like we can't do anything different. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they the same people who are who are flipping out because she didn't look the way how she did from the, the old same scene, right? Right. It's the same, that, that's, that's why I noticed it's the same bullshit and the same idiots making the same argument. So I don't understand. If you're still, at this point, if you're still taking these people seriously in that thing, you, you, you're kind of long gone at this point. Like, to me, that whole situation was so ridiculous. I think that's kind of exposed these people as, in my opinion, complete idiots. I, I don't have to take on this, but the complaint is not a complaint. I've read a couple things and I was like, wait, this, this is what you complain about? I did before the show come out, I didn't see it yet. And when I watch the show, it's like, oh, that's what they're bitching about. Like, this is performative outreach, right? Yeah. They, need to, they need to have videos to have clicks, and they had to get the clicks, and they have to talk about the thing. And then these are the same people who don't even watch the thing out. Like, I see somebody 
in some of the threads I see somewhere, where the man taking thing in, and then I'm like, wait, where they actually check a couple comments down, he didn't watch the whole thing. He just watched like two episodes and turned it off. And like, yeah, go wow. away. Like, you're not you're not really relevant to the conversation when you do some shit like that. If you watch exactly. the whole thing, what watch the whole thing, thing, man? Right. Yeah. Watch the whole thing and then you complain. But same thing, you know, see that all the time with some of these people. They never finish a game or they never do this. It's like, yeah, well, you don't have an opinion. Go away. Yeah. Whatever. No, no, I can't understand. Again, I have zero patience for that kind of nonsense. That's why I don't entertain it. Yeah. But like, they still want to come with the crap now. It's like, it's so easy to poke holes in this nonsense now. And, and, exactly. And, and, and by the way, this incredibly childish nonsense. Like, it's not for you. You're way too old for this bullshit. Chill out. It's not for you. Who are we? Right. I, I like how you say that. It's not yeah. for you. Like, yeah. time has passed. Like, look at the span. Yeah. Look at the span of time between when the show stopped airing he many asses in the universe to this <laughs> one here. Like, you really expect things to, to be the same? Now, yeah. okay, if you want to poke holes at, you know, the, the dialogue. Like, I say, I find the dialogue, you know, felt like, you know, it's it's badly written at times. Okay, fine. If you don't like the dialogue, okay, fine. If you have a issue with the animation, if you have a issue with the, the narrative decisions, okay, fine. But just kind of understand, though, this is just the first half of the season. Yeah. It's there's there's been no date release as to when we're gonna get the second half. Um right. which is gonna lead to what my last point and then I'll get to written. Um but just see how it plays out now. And last thing I wanna see now, no no jumping the gun now. I I fear now that because of this backlash now, I feel like after that second half is that might be it or no. I have a I have a strong feeling that this might be it for okay. this for the series here now. Because okay, the I, fans I, don't like it anymore. And I mean, Kevin Smith being a huge fanboy as, as he is, he did it for the fans. He did it for y'all. You know what I mean? But fans not liking my shit. Well, boy, I done. But I, I got to see if I could make my, my Superman Lives script be a reality. I, 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 again, but yeah, I, I, I have huge doubts that we'll get a season two. By, uh, I have no idea. I, again, I don't listen to idiots on the internet because these are the same people who does. Where does the broke? Where does. Go broke, go woke crowd, and it's like, but the thing make a fucking billion dollars. You you talking about? Whatever. I don't get into this after see the ratings, what the actual ratings are, the people who are actually making this and understand this stuff from a production standpoint, not bullshitters speculating about things they don't understand. I go waste my time with that. If you you if you think and it, it, it the ratings not high and it don't work out after two seasons, I don't listen to, to idiots on the internet. They'll really have way less power than you think they do, right? Right, the only good at is really making noise and 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 then um, what is always call it bombing bombing ratings rating site, which is a bad sight. Yeah, in my and, and the that worst is, thing they just do, dread. Worst thing they just do is like they will literally go. Okay, so case okay, so boy, right? Quick, quick example. So, so one video that I watched right before we even met up was talking about you know Kevin Smith lie. He's a liar, right? And is some tweet that Kevin Smith posts is like a close-up of some shoe, a Puma Shuna, a, 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 a Skeletor special, you know, Puma Shuna. And we're all talking about, you know, all this hate that you all threw in at me. It's the same thing that went down with the boys. That's a TV show. And, you know, Captain Marvel, right? But look at me still rocking these shoes now, you know what I mean? And how the guy frames it is almost like, well, Kevin Smith don't care about what you think about the show, you know? And the man's still rocking the Pumas, you know, he don't care about what you think, because he likes all and he don't care. That's how he frames it as dread, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I almost what? bought into it. I almost bought yeah. into it. But it's like, again, it's just the first half, dread. Like, see what comes up next, dread. Don't just look at it like, oh, he don't care about what you think. Fuck that, you know what I mean? He's a fanboy just like y'all, you know what I mean? Just saying. But yeah. Yeah, I, I again, I, I stopped listening to these people because 
I, I don't think I ever did listen to them because I was like, wait, is is what you making noise about? Since he's shirting, and I thought that shirting was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I just don't listen to these morons again. I just move on from these people. Whatever. That's they, they they're good for they they don't is is there's like the poor conversations in a conversation that don't mean anything, and then like to contrive an argument as if they think yeah, these weirdo pick me's on the internet. Like, dude, you don't have a life. Go away. Anyway. Exactly. Um, Your bitch in the morning off of him, man, yo. I, so, yeah, I, I spent too much time talking about that. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was about to say. So, yeah, um, for fine. me, yeah. written wise, I'm going to give this a light three and a half out of five, man. Um, it's worth checking out, though. Um, yeah. Even if you're not a fan of He Man, like I am, uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it runs for about a couple hours, roughly, you know what I mean? So, you could just kind of binge through this really quickly, though. Um, I, I like a majority of the, the calls and the decisions made to progress the story as well. Uh, ever so often, kind of winking at the camera and saying, Yeah, we know this is silly, but you know, it's it's He Man, y'all, you know what I mean? Um, but again, because I am not emotionally invested in the character, in the world of He Man, though. I can't say that all of the emotional moments hit for me, though. And I was imagining that, you know, real diehard fans would have felt the moments, no? but because some of them just spending a bunch of time bitching and moaning that we didn't get enough He-Man, it's just like, well, everything else don't matter. So, all right, so I guess, you know, I wish I had somebody to come and tell me, no, this is really why this really matters. But no, it's just about He-Man not being in the show, right? According to you, to, to some of y'all, not all of y'all, right? But I would say, um, if if you really don't care, don't watch it. If you're just hearing too much of this bad hype and you just think that the show is going to be trash, don't watch yeah. it. But I would say, hopefully, when we get the, the, the next five episodes, just watch the whole thing out at least, or at least up until when you yeah. you, you, you stop giving a shit before you I, jump and make a decision. You know what I mean? But again, Matthew, Matthew, you're making the assumption that these people give a care about these care about these conversations because they don't right. bring up any points that matter. See, that's the most important right, part. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why. I again, years now, I stop talking about these, these people. I stop caring to, to engage in people like that. I should say, right? Uh, it's a while now. I stop engaging in people like this because. Very few of them actually bring up actual talking points. Statistically, like Agreed. Yeah. Almost, almost all of them is like that's a problem with this nonsense. And it's it's not just this, but it's just a general personality problem uh, yeah. across the board with that type of personality. Just a bunch of I, I don't know what to call it, I just call them picnics. Right? That's the name. Right? It's just people <laughs> who have no n- nothing to do in their life, nothing really going on, they're just kind of weird, not really bring anything to the to the discourse. Incredibly parasitic culturally, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, and remember, well, these are the folks who make money off a of YouTuber. Unlike, yeah, unlike no, no. guys like me, unlike guys like me, but that's another story <laughs> for another day, right? No, yeah, but really. last thing, that's a more YouTube problem, not a thing. Yeah. It's an engagement yeah. problem. Like, they really, that's it, they tricked it. It's like, it's just good engagement. It's like, whatever. Exactly. But, but last thing, last though, as I said before, I, I really fear for the future of this show going forward. And I'm not talking about the second half because we have to get the second half no, no matter what. But, I I really at the moment doubt that we will get a season two right, because of this you know backlash way. Right? But um, if if we're really lucky enough to, to get a second one, then you know I just hope that the, you know the, the 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 storytelling you know keeps its pace or you know gets considerably better over time, man. You know what I mean? But but for right. now it's just the first half, so take it or leave well, it, man. I uh, I, uh, yeah. I I just I, it feels it feels very similar to how the the, the first season. I remember they had the first four episodes of Castlevania or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Clearly, you're just kind of, kind of jostling yourself and trying to make sense of it. And I thought I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I was like, I right, give it a chance to grow. 
Like, yeah, and, and it got it got better. And it got, and it got, got great, better. right? It got great, yeah. exactly. Um, that's how I feel about this show because you know he might have a lot of interesting lore that I have almost no working memory for. I just like, oh yeah, that was a thing in He-Man, and oh yeah, the horde was a thing which they mentioned in this. Um, and you know it might cross over with She-Ra in some way, shape, or form. We're not sure, but like the old cartoon was just like goofy bullshit, like real goofy bullshit. Thank that, you. That's what it was. Yeah, that, people that, treated that, it like if it's the Bible or something. So like, no, never. don't you, don't you take Tila and do that to her. Don't you make right. her work. No, come on. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but my last word and written. Yeah, yeah. Uh, written. Mm, I want to say about a seven and a half out of ten, maybe an eight out of ten. It, it's fine so far. I had right. a lot of problems with the rate, with the with the pace. That's the main thing. The big emotional yeah. beat. Almost none of the big emotional beats felt earned. In the way they could have, like yeah. again, it not it not so much rushed but hurried, like it doesn't yeah, it, it, point, it, it, point. Yeah, it doesn't. It takes a it takes a, it takes its weird time to get there, and then right. when it hits, it doesn't hit as much as it should, in my opinion. Right, yeah. right. And then um, I, again, they have a kind of weird. I don't know if it's a plot hole, but it didn't make sense to me. I don't understand how Manatams got from point, oh, point oh, A to I, point B. Yeah, I follow that like, it didn't even explain Where was that, he? to be honest. Did yeah, I where explain that yeah. No, but how he how he get back there? Like how he uh-huh. get from there to there? Like wasn't wasn't like the whole point that he boat break down? Eh, whatever, moving on. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It didn't bother me too much. It's like whatever. Anyway, right. it's it's fine. It's fine. You know, seven out of ten. I want to say maybe eight out of ten at best. Um, that's about it. Right. And if I could just say one last thing, and and tr- no, I'm not gonna repeat. You know, I'm not gonna regurgitate what what I said earlier about the fanboys and the heat and all that kind of stuff, right? Um. Look, like to be honest though, I am not the biggest fan when it comes to like these ETs. Well, it's just a revival of like old properties and all that kind of stuff, right? But for me, it's like like if you told me ten years ago that we were going to get a new He Man show, I'd just been like, why? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, but I, we have I, it. I, we have it now. So it's like, okay, this looks good. This looks really good, like shockingly good. And this is coming from somebody who's now a fan dread. But I feel like for some people, like they just treat these properties like the, the goldness. So the second somebody say, oh, I'm going to do, you know, a, a, a remake of this. Or I'm going to do, you know, a sequel to that. You know what I mean? It's going to be on right. Netflix and you can watch it. People just kind of lose their collective shits and just be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. My life, my childhood, ah. And then when it doesn't play the way it does, like, oh, you ruined and raped my childhood. Why? You know, that kind of stuff. It's happened since, like, I don't know, the dawn of time, Jed. Like, come on. Like, honestly, your your cat watch me and tell me or leave a comment and tell me, oh, your expected revolution to play out the way how it was with the old show. Like, the, the, the stuff that what all they love, the stuff that, you know, they love the old show in the first place. Oh, it's not here, but why? It it has to be that way because is emotional attachment involved. But I mean, come on, it's time pass, man. I mean, deal with it. The same. Right, whatever. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you? Where can we find you online? I'm Pasat R M D D Y on Twitter. That is at R M D on Twitter, and then you can find me on Facebook. Just type in my name, Ricardo. All right, you can find me on Twitter. Just look for Matt Billy BBB. On Instagram, you could find me there as well, Matt Bailey BBB. On Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with a legally black blog, official fan base. We find a link to this podcast as well as the ones that we've done as Bears Beats and Bailey over the past seven, well, I should say six and a half roughly seasons, um, including retrospect reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to uh, there's Jungle Cruise. 
You rocks in it. Okay, okay. Well, well. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, good, good, good for us. We some, don't have to watch it home. Um, there, yes. Th- th- there's also uh, Star Wars, The Bad Batch. That's supposed to be wrapping up um, right. next week. Time we're going here. Oh, no, so, um, things are supposed to be... We have a finale for something coming out. I'm slipping my mind right now. Not not Superman Lewis, right? That, yes, yes, right, right. Yeah, um, I, I saw like it wrapping up in August, sometime in August too, something like that. Okay, so right, okay. I, I had to oh, do. No, a, a, you, we had to do. Oh, I'll tell you what, finally, flash, flash, and I didn't care. Yes, yes, I I would. Here's it again. Like this week, um, it's recording here. Um, I I started to watch Flash, and I was like, all right, this this one, yes. gonna this guy, this one gonna take a, a good while, but like I, yes. I can't. Honestly, yeah. sit through so how much episodes of this. <laughs> it no, it's so just bad. the structure of it, though. And, yeah, rubbish. Yeah, it's, because really, and it's good yeah. ideas. Eh? It's a bunch of good ideas from Flash cut from Flash lawyer. But yeah. nah, man, they're yeah, so rubbish. Though. Yeah, I, I can't. If if I had to sit through eighteen episodes of this, I can't binge it. Not, yeah. not this time, guys. I, I can't. I had to take my time with it. Yeah. So Rubbish. hopefully, hopefully next episode I could I could talk about the full season because this is this is eighteen episodes, y'all. This is this is not easy, right? Uh, but as I mentioned before, you know, Star Wars: The Bad Batch is wrapping up um, next week. Time is recording here. Um, we're also supposed to get in the the Suicide Squad next month. Really excited right. for that. Um, a show that I keep forgetting to bring up though, but uh, I waited for the show to wrap up. Uh, Blind Spotting Man, have a show. Really. Yes, it does. Yes. Um, the funny thing is, but there wasn't that much big of a push online neither. So, like, I and all haven't even watched a trailer of it at all. But yes, there's a blind spot in the series. Um, some of the main cast members returning, but uh, apparently they, they're centering more on um, Jasmine um, Jones. Cephas uh, okay. Jones, basically. So it's, about, it's mostly about her. Um, but you know, I'm really, really curious to see how this plays out because I loved Blind Spot and that was one of my yeah. top ten favorite movies of the decade, and that was my favorite movie of 2018, right? So curious to see how that plays out. That's supposed to be wrapping up mid-April, right? Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, it's just a matter of what other dope shows come out, what dope music and all comes out as well, and you know, we'll make the effort to cover them, you know, with the oncoming, with the upcoming episodes. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Match Bailey and... And we are signing off for another episode of BBB Radio. So until the next one, take care, stay safe in and out. Peace.